Good morning, each and every one of you. I want to take this time again to welcome everybody to New Freedom Christian Ministries Facebook page. Everybody listening on CastBox Live, everybody listening on Spotify, everybody listening on Apple, everybody listening on Stitcher, everybody listening on Google. I want to take this time to welcome everybody. I am Brother Quentin. This is Brother Aaron Matthew. This is Pastor Eric Davis. And this is Brother Siobhan Davis. Just wanted to take this time out to welcome each and every one of you on today. Amen, amen, amen. So at this time, I'm not going to say too much. I'm going to go ahead right now and pass it over to my great nephew, Eric Matthew Davis, as he leads us in prayer. Bye. Calm down. <laughs> But thankful that uh, yeah, that is day. I just want to pray for everyone to be safe for my brother, my family. As God asked me to put the first on my dad and um, my brother. But thankful that as we got um, today is Sunday. So I'm gonna bless me to succeed with that. But as we turn my life, but thank you for asking what God has. Which we will pray for that we will be with us in the morning. But thank you for asking me. The kids say to the brother, which is Jason and me. They go from the kind of song we are asking. But thank you for that. Thank you for the honor and the glory to see us today. Thank you. Amen. 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 When you don't have, you know, a physical example, and um, I want to start off and say that I'm thankful for, you know, all the, the father figures that I have in my life. And I'm thankful for my dad who has shown me, you know, the right way to to live your life and uh, you know the values that you need. I'm thankful for my granddad who's also shown me the same thing. It's been a good example, and uh, this is somebody to look up to. And also, you know, all my uncles and there's all the, the father figures that I've had, you know, come in my life and shown me in the way that I've become, you know, to become the man that I am. And I'm appreciated and thankful for all that. And um, I just got like a couple, you know, definitions, characteristics, phrases of a great father. And, um, you know, they, they teach you up, they teach you, you know, the, the little things, you know, stuff that you need to know in life. That you know later in life to help with your family. You know, a father will teach you and let you know what you need to do, what you have to get done. You know, the, the hard stuff that, that your mother can't teach you, your father will let you know all that stuff. Try to teach you up the best way that he can, try to help you, you know, for your life. You know, they uplift you. You know, they'll let you know you're doing good. You know, they'll let you know, you know, if you do something, they try to, uh, you know, just make sure you do it the best way that you can. Just try to uplift you and make you feel good about, you know, when you finally do something for the first time, or the teach you to do something the first time, they just want to uplift you. That way you have the confidence and to be able to do it yourself. And uh, you know, they support you, support you in anything you do. The great Father will support you and all the stuff that you do. 
that will be behind you and any decision that you make, you know, it's your own decision, but Father will support you and try to, you know, support you the best way that he can. And um a man one, you know, to show you how to work hard. You know, you have to in life you gotta work hard for to get the things that you want. You know, that will be that example to show you that the hard work, you know, it pays off. So that that's a key thing that, that my dad is talking about. If you work hard, you can get the things that you need, things that you want. And uh the main thing is that they show you love. You know, they might not be like all lovey dovey and all that, but you know that you know, the things that they tell you and how they just uh, you know, support you and all, all this other stuff leads up to them loving you. They show you all this. It's a great way to show you that they love you and they care about you and that they really uh, you know, want the best for you. But um I got two scriptures that I want to read off. Um I'll start off with Proverbs twenty and seven. And um this is the New Living Translation Bible, I believe. And it's Proverbs 27. I'm about to read it. He who walks in his integrity is righteous. Happy are his children who follow him. So I feel like that really means that, um, you know, when you have somebody that's a father figure or somebody that, you know, you look up to, you know, they, when you walk in your integrity, you know, integrity is something that, you know, some people don't, not all people have, because it's, it's just hard to, to have integrity, to do the right thing, you know, when nobody's looking. But when you have somebody that you look up to or a father figure, you know, that does right, even when nobody's looking, they put in the work, you know, and then your children will, will follow after them. So that means that, you know, you follow, if you see somebody do something that's, like, say, like a little brother, you know, I see her when I was little and I see her to do something that, you know, anything that he would do, I would try to try to do the same thing. So if you see somebody do right, you gotta do right. You know, if you see somebody do wrong, you gotta do wrong. But a great father, he'll, he'll always do right. If you look up to him, he'll try to do right. And then your kid, you know, your kid will try to look up to you and do right. It just leads on and you know, it's like a like a domino effect. And um I got another scripture. It's Proverbs 23 and 22. That's Proverbs 23 and 22. And it is, listen to your father, he who gave you life, and do not despise your mother when she is old. So you know, I mean, it's pretty self-explanatory. Listen, listen to your father, he who gave you life. You know, he's like, I have to listen to your dad and then, you know, just listen to what he tells you because most likely it will be something that, you know, you need to know. He's going to, a great father will, will teach you the things you need to know in life, things that you need to gain yourself as a person and as an spiritual person and try to lift you up the best way you can. So that's what I take from that. And then, you know, when you don't have a, a physical father figure to look up to. You know, there's always a spiritual father, and that's God. And um, God, he's the he's an example of the greatest father figure. You know, you can always count on him, even when no one is there. 
and he'll always lead you and guide you in the right direction, no matter what. God will never lead you astray. He'll never lead you in the wrong direction. He'll always, you know, guide you in the right path. That's what other people, kids without, you know, their father figures, physical father figures they need. They need, you know, guidance, spiritual guidance. Even if they can't get the physical guidance, you, you can at least have you know, the spiritual guidance. And um, I got two scriptures. And the first one is Isaiah 58 and 11. Yes. Come on. Isaiah 58 and 11. And it says, And Yahweh will lead you continually and satisfy your soul in a barren land, and he will strengthen your bones. And I'm just saying that God will lead you, you know, to, to the right the right way and the right path, the right direction. God, he'll always be there for you. He's the greatest father you could ever have. Come on. Because he's always, he's always going he's gonna to listen to you. He's going to tell you what you need to know. He's not going to tell you what you want to hear. He's going to tell you what you need to know. You know what I'm saying? This stuff that will help you. You know, he's always going to help you. He's never going to bring you down. He's never going to leave you. He's always going to and um, my last scripture is Proverbs 16 and 9. That's the book of Proverbs, chapter 16, verse 9. And it says that the mind of a person will plan his ways, and Yahweh will direct his steps. And, um, you know, God will just, like I said, direct, direct our path. Put us on the right path, you know, to, to us, not only for, for physical reasons, but for our spiritual path to lead us to where He wants us to be. You know, you can only, I can only thank God for, you know, all He's done for me. Anytime, you know, that, you know, my dad, He can't tell me something. I always pray, ask God, you know, to lead me and guide me in the right direction. And I thank Him for that. Now, like I said, I thank um, all the Father figures. In my life, my dad, my granddad, uh, all my uncles, excluding Quentin, but I just <laughs> thank everybody. I thank him too, but just thank all the fathers. And I uh, just want to give a shout out to all of them. And shout out to all the, um, the mothers who also have to act as fathers. Thank them too, because they're taking on two jobs and it can be tough, but credit God gives them all the strength that they need to continue to, uh, to be able to do that. So. Thank y'all, and that's, that's all I had to do. Pass it on to Brother Quinn. Amen. Amen. And Shadon, that was awesome. Great, great startup. Great, great, great appetizer. Amen. I'm going to give y'all a little bit more appetizer. Give y'all some more spinach. Shadon came out with the bonus wing. Awesome. Now I got the spinach awesome. just for everybody. But, amen. Again, I just want to say happy Father's Day to all of the fathers that are watching. Uh, for all of the biological fathers, for those of y'all that have adopted children, for those of y'all that are stepfathers, you know, for those of you that have had to take on the role as a father, for those uncles, um, and just for everybody that is that's watching that is a you know a father to to a child, I want to wish you all a happy Father's Day. Um, Father's Day, um, in particular, we talk about a lot how you know how commercialized Mother's Day is, and we talk about you know the commercials and everything. You know, Mother's Day. You know, Mother's Day promote the five thousand dollar diamonds and the Bath and Body Works be packed. Well, everybody in their mom will be at Bath and Body Works. Boy, Father's Day, you can walk in Lowe's with no problem. You know, Amen. 
man, though, it's not a problem getting the lows on Father's Day. But boy, you try to go to Bath and Body Works, Bell, New York and Company on Mother's Day, boy. Oh, you in trouble. You are in trouble. But we have to realize the, the significance of a father. Um, our spiritual father as well as our physical father. And the fathers are so important that the Lord blessed us with two. Um, our spiritual as well as our physical father. And um, because God knew, you know, in, in some cases, there are fathers that are not, you know, present. And so God knew that, you know, my children need a father, you know. Um, I was blessed, you know, to have my father love my dad. Um, he's played a pivotal role. He taught me how to do, taught me how to cook, taught me how to do a lot of crucial things. And I appreciate my father for it, um, as well as all the other male figures that I've had in my life. Pastor Eric being a, a prime example, um, stepping up, being a male figure for me. You know, my you know, godfather called a buddy, Thomas. Um, he's been a, a great role model as well. Pastor Lester Hayes, um, also been a great, great role model, great father figure. Um, so I've had um, a number of people, um, a number of men throughout life who have taken on uh, a pivotal role of leading by example and being a father because every, especially young male, needs a father figure and needs a father so fathers are very important we love our mothers our mothers birthed us they they brought us into this world but amen the fathers they plant the seed you know you're, you're just you planted the seed so as a father you have to tend to that seed because the seed will reproduce after its own time and the seed comes from the father amen that's, that's biology now they teach us in biology now seed comes from the father the father plants the seed and when you plant that seed and then as a father you have to take on responsibility and for fathers out here that there's some fathers out here i'm looking at some fathers out here that don't want to be a part of their children's life because you don't like your baby mom scripture say don't plant the seed in bad soil but you plant that seed you plant it you got to tend to it so all the fathers out here that you're on the fence watching this live and you ain't taking care of your kid take care of your kid because there's a lot of fathers out here that's part of the reason. There shouldn't be no mothers out here having to celebrate multiple days because you're not taking care of your business as a man, okay? Because there are a lot of kids out here that are that have missing parts and missing pieces because their fathers were not acting. So for those of y'all out here that's, that's, that's got a fathers that, that aren't taking up your responsibility, take this as an opportunity. If you were looking for a sign or a wake-up call, take this as an opportunity, young fathers, young brothers, to step up and be a father. It's not too late. Okay. Don't think that it's too late. Don't think that I, it's a, it's real. You know, one thing about us, New Freedom Water Conference, we're gonna keep it real. And there are a lot of you know young men out here that's got you know trauma and stuff going on with their, the mother of their children. You know, whether or you know, for those of you all, some there's some fathers out here that had children in previous previous relationships, and now you're taking care of one set of kids and not the other set. That's not okay. Because there are plenty. That's not okay. Because there are plenty of fathers out here. They had children in other relationships, and they treat all their children just the same. They treat all their children with love. Yes. They treat all their children oh. with respect. So that's not an excuse. You don't need to be treating a child with your wife better than the child that you had previously. But that is not okay. That's not cool. And there's some of y'all out here, uh, and like I said, I don't know who you are, but it happens. I see it all the time. When you got children that resent their fathers because their fathers had them in a previous relationship, and they get married, and now you're treating your kids before you got married like second-class citizens. That's not okay. That's not the pure definition of being a father. All of those kids came from your loin. Those are your seeds. Ten to them are the same and equal. Amen. But I want to go into, I got a couple of scriptures because 
originally what the Lord laid on my heart was fathers were so important that he gave us a double portion because God knew that we needed not only a physical father, but a spiritual father. Amen. Because you think, I think about throughout the scriptures, notice that the Lord takes a, a fatherly presence, our father, which are in heaven. He takes the presence of the father. And I would think, you know, why, you know, sometimes I would sit down and I would say the word and think, you know, why, you know, in the scriptures, when we read the scriptures, why is it that the Lord is our father versus a mother person? Because usually, you know, the mother, you know, is the nurturer and care for you when you're hurting. Mothers always assume that responsibility of, it's okay, baby. I'm just going to be all right. It's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. But fathers, on the other hand, fathers were not put on this earth and given to us to be nurturers, but yet to set the example and give us the blueprint. You know, fathers are there to say, okay, you messed up, get back up and do it again. They're there to motivate. You know, God gave us mothers to nurture us and to be there for us. But in the scriptures, if you look through the scriptures, God isn't nurturing us and saying everything it's gonna be all right, baby. You just keep you just I'm going that's that's not how God is. God, we were put on this earth to make mistakes, to learn from our mistakes, and to move forward. So I think it's important that God gave us a double portion, our physical father and our spiritual father. So that if and he made it so that if for those of you that don't have physical fathers, you still have a spiritual father. Now, a text that's very important and what really kind of brought brought my attention. Now, Proverbs chapter 3. Now, we go into Proverbs chapter 3 a lot. That's a very important verse, 5 and 7. It says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and rely not on your understanding. Um, and a lot of times, what people don't realize, Proverbs chapter 3 um, is actually a, a, a speech. It's more of like a, it's a father speaking to his son. Um, all the Proverbs chapter 3. And if you really look through it, there's a scripture in Proverbs chapter 3. I'm going to go to it now. It was 3, I believe, 11 and 12. And it says, my son, do not despise the Lord's discipline and do not resent his rebuke because the Lord disciplines those he loves as a father, the son he delights in. So understand, as a father, fathers play a huge role because fathers are put into our lives to be authoritarians, to be disciplinarians, to set examples. So we're taught, and it says it in the scripture, as children of God, that we should not despise the Lord our Father's discipline, just as our physical Father's discipline. Don't despise it because without discipline, there's no set of, of leadership. There's no, there's no order. There's no structure. So we have to receive the discipline because without discipline, you don't learn from the mistakes that you make or from things that happen. So there has to be some sense of discipline. So that scripture, what makes that scripture so important is because I know a lot of times, a lot of us, tend to have resentment toward our fathers because oh our fathers were hard on us so they were this they were that they were this you know and the scripture tells us that as fathers you know fathers are supposed to be you know they're supposed to discipline us with love you know now there's a difference now the scripture ain't saying go and abuse your children and malice your children because if you go into the scripture there's another scripture that says fathers don't chastise, don't persecute your children you know, we can go there as well. There's a scripture that talks to the fathers and say, oh, let's go to Proverbs 22 and 6. Now, the Lord just took me there where it says, start off, start children off on the way they should go. And even when they're old, they won't turn from it. You know, and that's another important pivotal, pivotal scripture. Because in order for your seed to reproduce, you got to train. You got to tip. You got to tend to it. Because if you don't, 
And you it's, it's just like when you plant a seed in the ground. If you plant a seed, if you plant vegetables and fruit outside, if you don't tend to that, those weeds are going to grow. So let's talk about that spiritually. When you have children, if you're not constantly imparting wisdom into that child, imparting knowledge into that child, guess what? The enemy is going to start to plant weeds around that seed. Whether that weed, those weeds might be drugs, those weeds might be alcohol, those oh, weeds man. might be pornography, those weeds oh, may man. be premarital oh. sex, those weeds may be all of these other negative things. If you're not constantly imparting and pulling those weeds, yes. it's fine. because that's how the enemy works. If you're not constantly putting those pesticides around to keep those weeds, which mm. I, I say, I'm gonna give you an analogy, the word, putting constantly imparting the word into your child to keep those pesticides and keep those insects from coming out. If you're not imparting that into your children, what is going to happen is weeds are gonna grow. Here's the thing, a lot of times what we do is we wait until the weeds get out of control before we start tending to it and then wondering how to recover this mess that has happened. Because a lot of times as parents, parents a lot of times wait until it's too late, you know what I'm saying? Because instead of continuing to impart, and then, you know, a lot of times I see it a lot of people like to blame everybody else for the issues that they're going on instead of taking ownership and responsibility. So the scripture tells us, train up your children from a young age. You know, you're going to get to see Brother Alex in a minute. Brother Alex, and I, I can honestly say, you know, they've been training Brother Carter since he was a baby, like out of the womb. And, you know, you can see, you know, the difference between children that are trained up in the right people, watching who you bring around your children, because young kids pick up on stuff. So watching who you bring around your children, watching who, what your children watch on television, those are very pivotal parts. Because if you got your child watching BET at two, three years old, that's going to that's gonna impact. You're going to be wondering why when your child went to school and cussed somebody out, you're going to be wondering where that came from. That came from you not training your child up in a way that they should go. Come on. You know? You wondering why your child is acting all, your child watching SpongeBob, and you wonder why he acting sweet. Well, SpongeBob is LGBT. You know, it's different things. I'm being real. You know, and that's why a lot of people that don't sit right with somebody probably left the stream when I said that. But it is what it is. Check Twitter. He's LGBT. He asexual, whatever. So you got to watch what you're playing to your kids. And then you're wondering why your kids coming out some kind of way and coming out acting funny, acting crazy, being resentful. Well, you're imparting that. You know what I'm saying? Well, you're not watching what's going into your children. I see it all the time. They say, oh, that little boy bad. That little boy this. I wanted him, quote, unquote, bad little boy. You know? And, you know, people, and the thing is, but you have to watch what you impart to your children. Because I can tell the difference between a child who has parents that are imparting the right things in them versus a child whose parents are just letting them do whatever. So as fathers, you have to understand that you got to watch what you're playing to your children from young age. Don't wait until your son is 15 years old to have a talk with them about sex. Because by then, they don't learn it from the weed. You know, don't wait until your child is 10 to teach them how to do certain things. Because... If you don't teach your children how to do certain things, the world is going to teach your children right. how to do certain things. And they're not going to teach them the right way of doing certain things. So you have to be mindful of that. So I'm going to go to a couple more scriptures, Ephesians 6 and chapter 4. And that's the scripture that I was really going to where now it says fathers train up the children, but it's Ephesians chapter 6, verse 4. And this is right before we get to the full on. But in verse 4 it says, fathers, do not ex exasperate. Now that's a key word. Exasperate the children. Instead, bring them up in the training and instruction of the Lord. No, so yeah, now the scripture yeah, yeah. says train up a child in the way that they should go. But he had to go even deeper and say, fathers, don't Joe Jackson your children. Exasperate Joe Jackson, same thing. Provoking, chastising, 
constantly being an evil spirit to your children. You know what I'm saying? You're supposed to be training them up. You're not supposed to be constantly provoking them, saying, do this or help. You're not supposed to do that as parents. Because what happens is, as fathers, a lot of times, fathers as a male, you already, as a male, have an intimidating structure, an intimidating act about. So if you're constantly chastising your children, provoking your children, what's going to happen is, there are literally some people to this day, there are some young ladies, especially, and some young men who wind up literally not, when they grow up, they wind up literally despising and hating men because his fathers, their father literally chastised them all the time. All they did was provoke them. All they did was speak negativity. So as fathers, there's a difference between setting an example and training your child up in a way that they should go yes. and being a straight up, like, just being evil. And, and using your child as a crutch and being rude and evil to him because there's nothing in the Bible that says to chastise and be rude and, and to be just to literally provoke your child. Mm -hmm. like, because you literally are pushing them to do wrong when you provoke. You provoke somebody, it's like you're literally trying to get them to do wrong. So in everything that you do as a father, you do it out of love, you do it out of compassion. So the last scripture that I'll go to um, is just, like I said, Ephesians 6 and 10 because we talk about the full armor of God a lot, but in order to know how to put on the full armor of God, you gotta have somebody that knows how to teach you. So as fathers, you have to lead by example and by training your children, you have to have the proper equipment to be able to train your children in wearing the full armor of God because children are not gonna know. One thing about children, we, we you learn everything that you do in this life is a learned habit. Everything you do, how you speak, how you how you walk. How you everything you do with an interaction, you learn it from some way. So the reason I say that is because in order for a child to walk like their father, their father has to be a presence in their life. Our father, which art in heaven, is a constant presence in our life if we allow him. So as children, we have to allow our father to be a presence. But as a father, you have to be willing to be present when your child calls on you. Just like our Father in heaven, when we call on him, he's a presence in our life. Yeah. So I say that to go to Ephesians chapter starting chapter six, starting with verse 10. Amen. We want to go there real quick. I know that's a familiar passage of scripture, but it's something that I want to give you a different look on. Because it says, finally, be strong in the Lord and his mighty power. Now, verse 11, it says, put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's scheme. Yeah. 12 says, for our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Now, as y'all can see right now during this time, what we're going through throughout politics, throughout everything that's happening throughout the world today, now is the time where we got to be spiritually covered more than ever before. Because you see what's going on in the world. You see uh -huh that stuff Trump talking about and all the stuff in the world is going on. So if you're not spiritually covered, you're going to fall by the wayside and get caught up in the world. You're going to get caught up in the debate. You're going to get caught up in the mess. You're going to be blindsided by what's really going on. So you got to be spiritually covered because the things that are going on right now are going to cause you to, I don't say lose your religion, but lose your faith, lose your mind, lose your soul. Not even that. You literally lose your soul out here trying to fight all this spiritual wickedness and no protection. So you got to have that on. So in 13, it says, therefore, put on the full armor of God. He says it again. Put on the full armor of God so that when the day comes, the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground. After you have done everything to stand. Verse 14 says, stand firm. 
Then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist, come off with the breastplate of righteousness in place. place. Fifteen, and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. Verse sixteen it says, "In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith, with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil." Seventeen says, "Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God." Eighteen says, "And pray in the spirit on all occasions, not on yeah. some, not on few, but in all." All right, you gotta pray about everything. Pray about everything, even when you feel like you don't need to pray. You need to pray. Pray about things that already happened. Pray about things that are yet to come. Pray about yes. things that pray about everything. You know, and it says in verse 18, it says, pray in the spirit on all occasions. Fathers, you should be praying for your children every single day. Every opportunity you get, you should be praying for your children because that's what the scripture says. Praying on all occasions. Not on good occasions, not on bad occasions, but on all occasions. Amen. So we had a little technical difficulty. Y'all still should be able to hear us. We had a, a, something come up on the screen real quick. Just hit on the screen there. It says uh, hit low power mode. Hit that real quick. There we go. Y'all should be able to see us in a minute. There we go. We're back. But I just want everybody to know, pray on all occasions. Amen. Because that yes. ultimately is what's going to set us up for success. You gotta pray, you gotta pray, you gotta pray. Now it says pray and it says and pray to spread on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying on all of the Lord's people. Amen. And the nice says, pray also for me that whenever I speak, words may be given. Whenever I speak, words may be given to me so that I will fearlessly yes. make known the mystery of the gospel. Chapter 20 says, For I am an ambassador in change. Pray that I may declare. It fearlessly as I should. So for everybody that's watching, I want y'all to know that as fathers, make sure that in order for your children to put on the full armor of God, they have to learn it from somebody. Yeah. In order for a soldier to know how to put their equipment on, there has to be someone over them to show them how to do it. You know, privates are not just going to basic yeah. and just learning how to do stuff on their own. They have drill sergeants there to teach them and train them up and to get on them on how to do things the right way, how to do things with decency and order, how to lead by example how to teach, how to walk in integrity, how to walk in unity. So if a drill sergeant trains their soldiers in a way to walk in integrity and to walk in unity, as fathers, you have to do the same thing as a father. So train up your child in a way in which they should go. And I thank God for the double portion of fathers, our spiritual fathers as well as our physical fathers. So that's all that I have, amen. And thank everybody for hearing me at this time. We're going to meet Eric Matthew and Javon, and we're going to exit. We're going to pass it over to Pastor Eric Davis as he concludes our portion, and we get ready for part two. So, amen, Pastor Eric. Amen. The floor is yours at the bottom. Amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. Amen. I tell you, I'm just so proud. Praise be to God. Amen. I'm not going to be long. Amen. I'm just sitting here basking. Praise be to God. I want these young men to just soak up all the time. Praise be to God. It's truly a blessing and an honor, amen, just to be in the presence of God, amen, to have my two C's, praise be to God, young men of God, <clears throat> amen, for everyone to be able to see them, praise be to God, and, and minister the word of God, amen, to all mothers and all fathers, all parents, all elders, all loved ones, amen, guardians, praise be to God. Thank God, amen, for every, amen, man of God, woman of God, children, praise be to God who have the ability to serve God, amen, with a free heart, amen. Just so basking in God's glory right now, amen, for these young men, amen. It's my 
oldest son, you've seen him. His name is Eric Matthew Davis, my firstborn, praise be to God, amen. He, uh, he gave us a word in prayer, and I thank God, amen, because, you know, he is the firstborn, uh, amen, of the Davis Foundation, praise be to God, to continue to keep this foundation, amen, moving forward, amen, truly blessed, amen, to have him accomplish us, amen, and my youngest son, praise be to God, Siobhan Tyrone Davis, amen, truly thank God for this young man, praise be to God, amen, I give him tough love, and he say I always give him tough love, amen, but I give him tough love, praise be to God. And that's a key word because I'm seeing, amen, the results that God has produced in him, that he's able to, amen, to minister. And I love, amen, the, the, the fact, amen, that both of them have, have accepted Jesus Christ as their Lord and personal Savior, amen. And that's the greatest example, praise be to God. That lets me know, amen, that my work, amen, is complete right here within the foundation, amen, but I still got work to do, amen, because we have a lot of children, a lot of kids out there, amen, that need mentorships, praise be to God, and I thank God, amen, that I started in the right direction, praise be to God, that God, amen, blessed me with two wonderful young men of God, amen, they are still, praise be to God, serving God with a, with a pure heart, amen, and I thank God, amen, for my brother-in-law, praise be to God, he was born before his time, praise be to God, amen. He's a young man, but he came in the world almost by 21 years old, praise be to God, but amen. I thank God for him, amen, because, you know, one thing that he told me a while back, praise be to God, he said, Pastor, amen, brother-in-law, sir, I listen to everything that you say, praise be to God, and you taught us well. So I thank God, amen, that the seed that was produced inside of them, amen, I took the mountain, praise be to God, and I just want to continue to be a, a mentor, amen, for all of our young, amen, young men, and not only just young men, but young ladies too, amen, because, amen, this is Father's Day, but amen, we're Father, amen, for the young girls, amen, the young ladies, praise be to God, the women of God, amen, our wives, and our, and our, and our, and our sister, amen, I thank God, amen, I have a few, amen, I got three older sisters, I'm the baby's boy out of, out of, out of three girls, praise be to God, amen, and praise God, amen, they have Praise be God. I have one that have a husband. Praise be God. And the other two, praise be God. They've been mother and father. Amen. So I thank God. Amen. For all of our women of God out there. I thank God for my mother-in-law. Praise be to God. She's been a father and a mother. Praise be to God. Amen. I thank God for my mom. Praise be to God. I thank God. Amen. Most importantly for my dad. I just talked to him today. Amen. Praise be to God. He's still working. 75 years old. Still coming from the graveyard. She up night shift. Amen. Called him on the phone, amen. He says he's on his way back home. But I called him, amen, just to wish him a happy Father's Day, amen. And I thank God for him, praise be to God, because he trained me up and disciplined me, praise be to God, to teach me how to be a man, praise be to God, how to be a man of God, amen. And I just ate the meat and I spit out the bones and I learned from it, praise be to God, amen. And I can truly say today that my dad is saved, praise be to God. He invited Christ into his life. Amen. I heard it, the words that came out of his mouth. And I tell you, saints of God, that brought so much joy to my heart. Amen. To know that my mother and my father are saved. Amen. So anything was to happen. Amen. I know they are in, going to be in heaven. Amen. With our father in heaven. Praise be to God. Celebrating eternally. Amen. With the love of God. Praise be to God. So I'm not going to be with you long. Praise be to God. I'm going to turn it over. Amen. To Pastor Lessa. Amen. And my brother-in-law. Alex Hayes, praise be to God. I got my little nephew, Carter, amen. Just so eager to hear, amen. 
what praise be to God, what God is laying in the heart, amen. I'm going to drop two scriptures on you today, but I'm just basking in, amen, all of the things that God has placed in my life, amen. Truly thank God for my wife, amen. Wonderful, amen, lovely, praise be to God, amen, who has been by my side for the whole entire time, praise be to God, we pastor together, amen. Thank God, amen, for all of my brother-in-laws, amen. If I don't mention a name, praise be to God. Don't get mad. Don't get upset. Praise be to God. I'm just wishing everyone a happy Father's Day. Amen. For all our dads, amen. Hard-working dad, praise be to God. Brother Tony, praise be to God. Thank God for your happy Father's Day to you. Great to see you yesterday. Amen. Praise be to God. Amen. As I dine into the word today, praise be to God. I want to take everybody to Genesis chapter 1, start with verse 26. That's the book of Genesis chapter 1. Start with verse 26, amen. And in the, in the book of Genesis, chapter 1, start with verse 26, it said, then God said, let us, amen. He said, let us, that means everybody, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, make man in the image according to our likeness, not physical, but spiritually, personality, and more likeness, and let them, my God, have completely authority over the fish of the sea, the birds of the air, the cattle, and over the entire earth, and over everything that creeps and crawls on the earth. My God, in the name of Jesus. In verse 27, there's so much great responsibility in this. He says, so God created man in his own image. In the image of likeness of God, he created him and female. My God, male and female, he created them as one. Amen. We're no longer twain. Now we're together, amen. As Brother Quentin said, amen, it takes a seed of a man and a seed of a woman, praise be to God, to come together to reproduce, praise be to God, out of his own kind. And God gave us this authority, amen. And I love verse 28, and God blessed them, not just one, not just the man, not just talking about two, it's talking about male and female. God blessed them, that's husband and wife, praise be to God, he blessed them and granted them certain authority, certain authority, and said to them, be fruitful, multiply, and fill the earth, and subjugate, amen, to put it under your power and rule over the nomination, the fish of the sea, there's a lot of responsibility, the birds of the air, and every living thing that moves upon the earth. And God said in verse 29, amen, so God said, Behold, I have given you every plant yielding seed that is on the surface of the earth, and every tree that fruit year, year seeding, it shall bring food for you, and all the animals on the earth, and every bird of the air, and everything that moves on the ground to include everything in which there is breath of life. I have given every green plant for food, and it was so because God commanded. God saw everything that he had made, and behold, it was very good. And he validated completely, and there was evening and morning and the sixth day. My God, in the name of Jesus, as we see and we read the scripture, amen, coming out of the book of Genesis chapter 1 and 26, all the way down, praise be to God, to verse 31, where God said, let us, amen, he's talking to him, amen, himself, praise be to God, the Holy Spirit. Son, Jesus, amen, all three is one, amen, the Godhead together. Let us make man in our own image, and he has given us dominion and power, amen. That's why, amen, 
The word of God says, if a man don't work, a man don't eat. Amen. I love to work. Amen. Because I know that I'm just like a lot of dads out there. Amen. We love to eat. Amen. So we love to work. We must eat, praise be to God, in order to support our family. That's one of the greatest goals and the ambition in our life, to be able to support our family, praise be to God, to provide everything that they need. Amen. But we can't do nothing by ourselves. That's why we need God the Father. Amen who are in heaven, amen, who supply everything that we need, praise be to God, to give us strength, to give us encouragement, praise be to God, and you can see the seed of the righteous, amen, they shall be delivered, praise be to God, as we plant the seed of righteousness in our seed, praise be to God, and we don't live from the waist down, amen, we live from the waist up, praise be to God, in our hearts and our minds, Amen. We are creating the image of God. Amen. Spiritually, the saints of God. Amen. God created us. Praise be to God. And He brought us together. Amen. And He took rib out of a woman. Praise be, out of a man and brought it. Amen. To man. And He made woman. Praise be to God. And they became one. My God, in the name of Jesus. That's why we have today. Amen. Man and woman together to always reproduce and produce a seed of his own kind, amen, producing fruit, praise be to God, taking responsibility, amen, we have a lot of hard-working dads out there, and you can see my shirt that I have on, being a dad is the toughest job that you will ever love, amen, I love being a dad, amen, I love taking responsibility, I love, amen, being able to set an example, amen, for our young men and our young girls out there, praise be to God, in the job field that I work in, amen, I'm able to be a mentor, amen, for children, for kids that's not even up, up under my watch, up under my umbrella, but I thank God that I, amen, that I can be a part of their life, amen, our troubled teens, amen, our, our, our dis disobedient teens out there, amen, be an example for them as a dad, as a mentor, to let them know that we have a father of the fatherless, amen, who is sitting in heaven, amen, and if you don't have an earthly father, you better know that you got a heavenly father, amen, who sits high and looks low, and he takes care of everything, amen, that belongs to him, so that let us know that we're created in the image of God, amen, as I take you, praise be to God, in my last scripture, amen, in the book of Hebrews, praise be to God, chapter 12, starting with verse 5 to 11, that's the book of Hebrews, chapter 12, Start with verse 5 to 11, and he's saying, verse 5, start with verse 5, and you have forgotten the divine word of encouragement, which is addressed to you as son, amen, and as Brother Quinn, amen, and my son Siobhan, praise be to God, amen, they was making light to everyone that is hearing us on Facebook, on CastBox, and whatever platform is out there, amen, for the discipline that God has given us as Father to instill discipline, amen, I love discipline, praise be to God. I love doing the right thing, praise be to God. I choose the hard right over the easy wrong, praise be to God. That ain't nothing that the military taught me, amen. That was something that was instilled by me, by my father, amen, to get up early in the morning. I don't mind getting up early in the morning, amen. I was getting up early in the morning when I was six years old, amen, three o'clock in the morning, praise be to God, already ready, amen, because that was instilled in me, and I can't get rid of it, amen, because it's in my DNA. But I thank God, amen, that he bring everything back to our attention, amen, so that we can always reflect, amen, on all the great things, amen, that our dads and our fathers had instilled in us. He said, my son, do not make light of the discipline of the Lord, and do not lose heart 
and give up when you are corrected by him. Amen. We can't get mad. We can't get upset. My God, when dads, when fathers discipline their kids, praise be to God. I mean, young, love, young, uh, young girls, amen, young men, when God disciplines you, praise be to God, amen, he's correcting you, amen, and he's correcting you out of love. We have heard, amen, from my brother-in-law, Quinn, praise be to God, about how, as a father, amen, if we got to correct them, we correct them out of love, not out of hate. Don't provoke them, amen, to do wrong, praise be to God, but we got to set the example. And he said, do not lose heart and give up when you are corrected by him. For the Lord discipline and corrects those who he love. Amen. When, when correction is being brought upon anyone, praise be to God, they're doing it out of love. My God, you will recognize that, praise be to God, because as a father, amen, we have seen it. Praise be to God. We've seen it. We've done it. We got the t-shirt. We got the battle scars. Praise be to God. We've seen it being done out there, and we want to prepare for our young men and our young ladies, amen, to know, amen, that they have a father in heaven. So when their father, their earthly father, their earthly mother is not there, amen, at least they know that they got a father in the fatherland. And he said he punished every son who he received and welcomed to his heart. In verse 7, in the book of Hebrews, chapter 12, amen, in verse 7, you must submit to correction for the purpose of discipline. I told you, I love that word. God is dealing with you as with sons. For which, what son is there whom his father does not discipline? My God. In verse 8, now if you are exempt from correction and without discipline in which all God's children share, then you are illegitimate children and not sons at all. In verse 9, moreover, we have earthly fathers, hear me, who discipline us. Thank God for my dad. Amen. Thank God for my father. Thank God. Amen. Happy Father's Day. And we submitted and respect them for training us. My God. And you see, amen, and my sons, amen, to seed, and my brother-in-law, praise be to God. Amen. I trained them up in the word. Praise be to God. I trained them up how to treat, amen, women. Amen. You don't call them by any unknown name or worldly name or calling them these uh, worldly names they have out there, amen. You treat a lady like a lady, praise be to God. You be respectable for all women, praise be to God. Amen. We need to get back to the basic means of God, amen. When a woman is coming to the door, amen, what hurts you to open up the door, amen, praise be to God, and say, Lord, I thank you, my God, I'm being a blessing, praise be to God, and I do it all the time, amen. It don't matter white, black, green, or yellow, amen. I see them coming to the door, amen. I open the door for the men, praise be to God, and they say, thank you man of God, amen, because that's showing love and kindness, my God, and we're training them up, we're dropping the seeds in their life, so as God is training us up, amen, shall we not much more willing submit to the Father of the Spirits, my God, I told you in Genesis chapter 1, praise be to God, Psalm verse 26, that we was created in the image of God spiritually, not physically, but spiritually, my God, and live by learning from his discipline, amen, God corrects those, amen, who we love, amen. The Bible says he's chasing those who we love. So we thank God for his discipline us for only a short time and seemed best to them, but he disciplined us for our good. It always working out for the good, saints of God, amen. In the book of Romans chapter 8 and 28, it said, and all things work together for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. 
everything is working out for our good. When we get corrected, my God, in the name of Jesus, praise be to God, it makes us better. It makes us stronger. My God, it's a lesson learned. That's something that I was taught when I was in the military. Whenever we go to war, whenever we go to combat, amen, we, we learn, amen, from our mistake. And we come back and we talk about what happened, what should have happened, what was supposed to happen, what's the next time that we get ready to do it, amen. Shall we come into that situation again, amen. It's a lesson learned so that we can grow, so we can grow in the things of God. Because God said in the book of Hosea chapter 4 and 6 that my people are being destroyed for the lack of knowledge. My God, in the name of Jesus. So we have to be corrected, amen, so that we can learn from our mistakes so that we can continue to grow, amen. Grow, praise be to God, amen, and grow out of your mistake, my God. He said, for our earthly father, this will honor us for a short time as seen best to them, amen. I remember, amen, the first, amen, the time, amen, that I made my dad so mad and upset, and some of y'all probably heard me say this story once again, praise be to God, but I remember when I, heard, I made my dad mad, praise be to God, I was about 10 years old then, Amen. And I love to go outside, but this time, amen, I had got on my bicycle and rode down the road. Amen. And my dad, next thing I know, I see them headlights coming up from that uh, 1977 point at Bonneville going about 100 miles per hour. And I'm like, my God, who is that? Then I know when my dad got out of that car, he was so upset. He was so mad. Amen. But he took out that belt, praise be to God, and he told my hide up real good because he was so mad and upset because I did not tell him where I was going, my God. Because he thought that something had happened to me out there. And I had never seen my dad so mad and upset. That was the first time, amen, that my dad had ever laid a rod on my behind, amen. And I learned from that, praise be to God. And I can remember the movie that was playing during that time. It was called The Blue Lagoon, amen. And I can remember, amen, when that belt was coming across me, he was praying, he was bringing some discipline, praise be to God. And he was crying while he was doing it. And I knew right then, my God, my dad still loved me, my God, because he didn't want anything to happen to me. Praise be to God, because I didn't do what was right, amen. I didn't let him know where I was, amen. He was scared. He was afraid, my God, because he knew, amen, that God had me in his hand, but just not physically, spiritually knowing where his child was. Praise be to God. And I thank God, amen. For all of the whoopings, amen, that I got back then, praise be to God, because it made me who the man I am today, praise be to God, that I can live a life, praise be to God, and I can train up my children, my God, in the name of Jesus, in the way of the Lord, praise be to God, and I can instill in them, amen, because they have learned, they have understand, praise be to God, the Bible said, if you spare the rod, you're going to spoil the child, praise be to God, that don't only mean that you take physical aspect and physical force to discipline a child. Praise be to God. We all know, amen, those who are living right now, praise be to God. We thank God for our mothers and our fathers, amen. Sometimes, amen, my mom would whoop me, praise be to God, and she couldn't find a belt, amen. She'd pick up the first thing that she could pick up, amen. It was a bedroom shoe. It was anything. It was an iron, praise be to God, amen. But I thank God, amen, that we have rights now, amen. Because I'm able to live to talk about it now, God. But I thank God for the discipline, amen, because it made me stronger. It made me understand, amen, that we, amen, are children of God. And the Bible said in verse 11, I'm going to go on here. He said, for the time being, no discipline brings joy. Like I say, 
I didn't like it when I was getting a whooping, but seems sad and painful. Yeah, it hurt. Yet to those who have been trained by it, afterward, hear me, yields the peaceful fruit of righteousness, right standing with God, and a lifestyle and attitude that seek conformity to God's will and purpose. My God, in the name of Jesus, I thank God, amen, that I am a dad, I am a father, amen, that I can set the example, amen, for all the young people, praise be to God, and all of the men of God out there, amen, I love it, praise be to God, being a dad, I love, amen, being able to hear, amen, our young people getting up here ministering, dedicating their time, dedicating their heart, amen, to tell about our Father that is in heaven, praise be to God, and I thank God, amen, that God is in heaven, that he is not like man, that he shall lie, nor the Son of Man, that he shall repent of what he said. God has predestined, amen, for all men of God to walk upright, my God. The Bible said the steps of a good man is ordered by the Lord, and he delights in his way. So I thank God for my father. I thank God for my mothers, my God, because they got to play a dual role here. They got to wear two hats, my God, in such as a time as what we're living in right now. They got to play dual role, amen, on teaching and training up and even discipline, amen, their children, my God, so they can prepare their seed seed to be prepared, amen, for this life that is is to come. Thank God, amen, for my father-in-law, praise be to God, my pastor, praise be to God, Pastor Lester Hayes, amen. You all will hear him from him today. What an awesome and great man of God who set the example, praise be to God, who has dedicated 30 years, a month, and a day, amen, to the United States Army, praise be to God, and transitioning, amen, into a pastor, praise be to God, a bishop, praise be to God, an overseer, praise be to God, a man of God, amen. He don't go by titles, amen. He go by the word of God, and I thank God for him, amen. He sets a great example, praise be to God, for all of my children, for even from those who are not related, amen. Just come in contact with this man of God, just a great example to follow, amen. I love him. I thank God for him, amen. Thank you, Pastor Lester. Happy Father's Day, amen. Thank you, C.T. Davis, my dad. Happy Father's Day. I thank God, amen. For these two men, amen, who had entered into my life, and everyone else, praise be to God, who was able to be a part of my life, amen, to place, amen, gifts of God in me to, to teach and train and continue to train, amen, in the word of God. So God bless everyone, amen. At this time, praise be to God, before I turn it over, amen, if you have not given your life over to Jesus Christ, amen, we ask right now, amen, now the time is near right now, the day of salvation is right now. Any man of God, any woman of God, any children of God, doesn't matter what ethical background you're from, doesn't matter what place you are right now, God will meet you where you're at right now. If you can go to the book of Romans, amen, chapter 10, 8 through 10, amen, it says if you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that Jesus Christ died on the cross for our sin, that on the third day he rose with all power in his hand, my God, and he said it, the right hand of the Father interceding for you and I right now. Because if you believe that, saints of God, hallelujah, anyone that calls on the name of Jesus shall be saved. So I pray right now that anyone, amen, who have not invited Jesus Christ as their Lord and personal Savior, amen, the time is right now, amen, where you're standing right now, amen. How can you preach if you've never been sent? My God, oh, how good is the good news, amen, of those who preach the gospel, of Jesus Christ, my God, in the name of Jesus. Thank you, amen, 
Praise be to God, amen, as I turn it over to Pastor Lester, amen. God bless everyone, praise be to God. Brother Alex, God bless you, and my little nephew Carter. God bless you, love you, in Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah. All right, all right, all right. Well, praise the Lord, praise the Lord, praise the Lord, praise the Lord. Amen, amen. Well, I'm so excited this morning uh, to be a father. Amen. What a great honor, blessing, and a privilege it is to be a father. It's a blessing from God. And uh, I don't take this great honor that's been bestowed upon me lightly. Amen. It's something that is not to be entered into lightly. So I need a lot of help, and God provides me with that help every day amen just as a reminder of what it is to be a father and what a great honor it is amen i've been very blessed and fortunate uh, to have a father that was loving and kind and, and taught me as long as he was in my life uh, and also to be surrounded by spiritual fathers along this walk 65 years i've always had the the, the blessing of having fathers around me mentors who were fathers to pour into my life, amen. And so I had wonderful examples. And so I thank God for my earthly father. Thank God for all the fatherly figures that I've had in my life uh, for the 65 years I've been on this earth. Thank God for my precious mother. Uh, but I thank the Lord today for my heavenly father. Uh, no other father like my heavenly father. And I just thank God for the relationship that he's blessed me with to be able to have an intimate, personal relationship that I cherish more than anything with my Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, amen, or, or God through my Lord and Savior Jesus Christ and God the Holy Spirit. So it is a great honor today that I get a chance to uh, introduce to you. I'm so fortunate, my wife and I, to have three wonderful sons and five grandsons and three granddaughters, amen, and to have some wonderful men that married uh, our daughters, uh, Pastor Eric being one to marry our firstborn, Pastor Phoebe, and so who now is a, he's a father, and so we thank God for him and his wonderful example uh, and how he's raising our, our firstborn grandchildren, amen. Eric, Matthew, who you heard pray earlier, and Siobhan, amen. We're so proud of them, who is a part of the praise band, and they all, too, are serving uh, in the ministry with them, and so we thank God for them. But I'm extremely honored today to have uh, two of my sons here with me, our oldest son, Tony, which you'll hear from a little bit later, going to minister with me today. And then uh, my uh, last born son, our last born son, which is Alex Hayes, and our youngest grandson, which is Carter Alexander Hayes. He's four and a half years old. And uh, he and his sister, our youngest granddaughter, who's two, Callie, both have been dedicated to the Lord. Uh, Alex and Crystal are doing a marvelous job training them up. And Carter is so excited. He's so smart and intelligent. He loves church. He loves serving God. Uh, he's a percussionist like his uh, old, older uncle and his dad. Loves drums. Uh, and so we just wanted to give him a platform because he said, Papa, I want to be the minister. Papa, I want to share the word. And we would never, ever suffer those little ones to come into the Lord. For such a time as this. So you're going to hear from him today, and it's a great honor for my wife, Pastor Sharon, now who's sharing the ministry. We work together with uh, Pastor Eric and Pastor Phoebe, more than Conquest Warriors, 
And so we're just one big happy family. Uh, we thank God for all of uh, the fathers that are in our family that make up our family, which is many. And it's truly an honor and a blessing on this Father's Day to wish all the fathers out there a blessed, safe, and a happy, prosperous Father's Day. May it be everything that, uh, that uh, you expect from your children, your, your grandchildren, uh, your daughters, your the sons and daughters. May they just bless you real good the day of your in their life. And for the ones that are not, may you find your way back into their lives. May God turn your heart back toward your sons and your daughters, uh, that God can bring healing into that relationship. Amen. So I'm going to, at this time, introduce to many of you, present to many of you, uh, our last born son, Alex Jerome Hayes, and his son, our grandson, our youngest grandson, Carter Alexander Hayes. And I'm telling you, you're in for a treat, this little four-year-old. At this time, uh, introduce to many of you, present to many of you, uh, our last born son, Alex Jerome Hayes, and his son, our grandson, our youngest grandson, Carter Alexander Hayes. And I'm telling you, you're in for a treat, this little four-year-old. At this time, uh, introduce to many of you, present to many of you, uh, our last Alexander. Good evening. Or good morning, everyone. This is Alex and Carter Alexander Hayes. Um, I'm going to let my son go first. Uh, he has a couple of words he would like to say on his Father's Day. You ready? Daddy. All right. My name is Carter Alexander Hayes, and my granddaddy's name is Ulysses Alex Carter. Yeah. He was a police officer and a soldier. And he used to say, when prayers go up, blessings come down. And my papa's name is Al is Lester Hayes. And he is a pastor and a soldier and he he loved the lord very much and i like to watch the wine garden my daddy's name is alex jerome hayes And he is a business owner, and he loves us very much. He likes to read the Bible to us. Thank you, and God bless. Amen. Thank you, Carter. Um, you want to quote a scripture that we learned recently? Um, what, what scripture? Is it Matthew 19 and Matthew, 19? Matthew 19 and 19. Thou should honor mother and father, and thou should love thy neighbor and as thyself. Amen. Thank you, Carter. Great job. Great job. You want to? Let me watch that. Ah. You want me to? Amen. Praise God. I just want to thank God this morning, this afternoon. Um, for this, you know, my father, my heavenly father, just want to thank you for this opportunity. Uh, I'm so blessed to be a father. Um, thank God for my wife and my two children, Carter Alexander Hayes, 
Callie Elise Hayes and my beautiful wife who um, just helps me to be a better father often, uh, my accountability partner. Um, so I'm just thankful for that. I just want to say happy Father's Day to all the uh, adopting fathers, the stepfathers, um, the father role players, um, the role models, uh, the grandfathers, and um, my father. Happy Father's Day. Pastor Lester Pop, love you. Uh, just want to thank all the fathers for, you know, um, handling their responsibilities and, um, you know, really leading and guiding um, in the way it should go. Um, I'm not going to be long. I just, uh, when I was thinking about my father, um, you know, I had a couple of thoughts that I wanted to cover that he really instilled in my life and I'm thankful for. Um, I could go on. I have a list of, of scriptures that kind of came to me, but I'm going to keep it um, narrowed down. It's, it's been a lot that has gone forth um, before me. So I just want to get to the meat of, um, you know, really um, my relationship with my father. So my natural father, my biological father. Um, you know, when I think of my father and, and my relationship, uh, my father is a very strong, um, strong will. And he has, he's a, he's a man of God, first off. And, um, you know, when I was younger, I was uh, um, somewhat rebellious too, um, wanting to do things my way. And a lot of us know, can relate to that, you know, um, want to get out there and do your thing and not necessarily listen and um, take heed to lessons that have been taught. So uh, I just thank God that my father, you know, had the patience to really continue to stay in there and be, be a father, you know, not give up on me and, um, you know, uh, have patience in his love, that patience that couples with love, as Pastor Eric talked about. Um, you know, it really takes that to be a good father. It really takes patience coupled with love. Um, and I just thank him for the patience he had for standing there, hanging in there with me. Um, you know, uh, it takes that. So um, when I thought about, you know, what really, um, the main thing that I could relate to that, you know, has helped me as well as be a father and, um, you know, having a father. Um, a scripture that came to my mind was Deuteronomy 30 and 19. And, um, you know, you turn there and it says, Deuteronomy chapter 30, verse 19, it says, uh, let's see, I call heaven and earth to record this day against you that have set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. Therefore, choose life that both thou and thy seed may live. And, um, you know, this is just the first point that I thought about it. You know, my dad, back, back a while, I remember when I was a young, and one thing I know for sure is that he always directed me um, to God. You know, when he got saved and um, back, I want to say I was probably uh three or four maybe six or seven somewhere around there but you know he made sure that you know i understood that i understood who god was i understood that um you know um i couldn't make it without him i understood that he's real um, i understood that he sent his son you know to die for us um that we could live i understood that and um you know he made it a point that uh, his family 
they got a scripture say from as for me and my household we're going to serve the lord he made that a point in our house and you know i'm definitely thankful for that because even though i was you know rebellious as a youngin um as a young man young kid you know uh he trained us up in the way that we should go and when we got old you know we couldn't depart from it you know and um it was necessary you know uh, i think it says in um matthew chapter 7 i want to say verse 9 it talks about god talks about you know um he talks about um if your son uh, what manner of man if your son acts for you know a fish you'll give him a stone um it was, it was talking about god but when you relate this to you know a father-son relationship you know my father had went through some things in his life and he understood that you know hey um, when he, he understood the scripture, train up a child in the way they should go. And, you know, when he is old, he would not depart from it. And, um, he gave, he, he, you know, was set on doing the things that he knew would benefit, you know, his children. And, um, I'm just thankful for that because here I am today, as you all just saw my son, Carter Alexander, you know, he's here. Um, he knows the word he, he, you know, we study, we pray together. Um, and you know, it's a, it's a real lifestyle, you know, so I'm just thankful on that point that, you know, my, my father chose, he chose life. If he didn't choose, he didn't choose to continue in, in his way of the world and continue to choose, he didn't choose to continue in that path, but you know, he, he met God one day and, um, you know, really turned from, you know, his, his wicked ways and, and really, you know, chased after God and made it a point to choose life for me and my son. So, um, you know, first off, I just want to highlight that. And second, you know, um, all my life I can, oh, when I, I was thinking, I was like, man, you know, I want to, I want to say so much. Um, you know, I had a lot to say, but when I, when I try to narrow it down, I just think about how he teaches us the word. You know, that's just a, another thing. Anytime I, I go to my father with a question or anything of the sort, you know, a situation I'm going through or just in casual conversation talking, he gives me the word, you know. And um, I remember when I was a child, you know, and I was about, uh, I want to say 13, 14, 15, somewhere in my early teenage stages. And, you know, you start getting a little peach fuzz on your mustache and, um, you know, your little hair on the arms and that type of stuff, voice change, and you think you're a man. And I used to, I remember joking, I used to say that, you know, some people would say, hey, you're such a, you know, nice young man, and they would say that, and I would joke about that. And my father used to tell me, he said, you're not a man. I remember he used to say this all my childhood, he said, you're not a man until you're doing what God has for you to do, you know? So I remember from way back when, he just would teach us the word, and, you know, I'm thankful for that. Um, and just the third thing, um, oh, okay, so I'm sorry, let me get my scripture on that. Deuteronomy 6, if you turn over to Deuteronomy 6, I just want to read this in reference to that point, you know, teach us the word. It says, I'm going to just start reading that verse 1, read down to about 7. It says, now these are the commandments, the statutes, and the judgment which the Lord your God commanded to teach you, that ye might do them in the land whither you ye go to possess it that thou mightest fear the lord thy god to keep all his statutes 
and commandments which I command thee, thou and thy son and thy son's son, all the days of thy life, and that thy days may be prolonged. Hear therefore, O Israel, and observe to do it. I like this part right here, because you know, it gets to a point where your your father's gonna teach you. Like, um, I always hear our leaders say, you know, your father's, um, your, your mother, your father can only take you so far. They can't, they can't take you further than they've gone. So it gets to a point where we have to hear, you know, our teachings and we have to observe to do it. You know, it gets to a point. It's like now I have a son, and I feel I felt unique. Um, to I felt a unique perspective in this because here I am, you know, ministering with my father and my son. So um, I, I wanted to highlight this point because this is really how it needs to be. You know, at a certain point, our fathers and, and mothers, they're going to teach us um, certain things. You know, they're going to try to guide us in a way. They're going to discipline us and prove us if we need it. But at, at a certain point, you know, you have to observe and, you know, proceed to do, proceed to, um, you know what I'm saying, take it on as your own. And um, I just thank God for that, you know. Um, you can't really get that point unless somebody is really truly um, standing there being that example for you. Um, and it says, go on and read, it says, that it may be well with thee, and that ye may increase mightily as the Lord thy God, as the Lord God of thy fathers had promised thee in the land that flowed from milk and honey. Uh, verse four says, Hear, O Israel, the Lord of the Lord our God is one Lord. And thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thine heart, with all thine soul, and with all thine might. And these words, which I commanded thee this day, shall be in thine heart. Verse 7 says, And thou shalt teach them diligently unto thy children, and shall walk, excuse me, and shall talk of them when thou sittest in thine house, and when thou walkest by the way, and when thou layest down, and when thou rise up. So, um, that's just so powerful right there. I mean, it's, I feel like, you know, that's really where it has to be. And, and I'm, I'm thankful for my father um, instructing me in the word and others, you know, other men of God too, um, as well that have, you know, been in my life and instructed. Um, always giving the word, Pastor Eric, I know for a fact, always giving the word, you know, to, young, to, to the younger generation coming behind him and the older as well, to his brothers and sisters. Um, my father, Pastor Les, always giving the word. I mean, it's sometimes, you know, it, it's sometimes it's like, that's just their conversation, you know? Well, I ain't gonna say sometimes, all the time, it's just, that's just their conversation, you know? And I appreciate that because they understand that they need to direct us, you know, to the word, to God's word, because, you know, that's, that's, that's really where our help comes from, where our strength comes from. So, you know, that's just a, a key characteristic of a father to direct, you know, direct people to God. Our, our heavenly father, you know, to his word for the answers, to base the answers and sound advice on sound doctrine and word. So I, I just think that's very, very key um, to pass on generation to generation. And the third short point I want to get to before I turn it back over um, to, I believe, Tony and, and uh, Pastor Leslie. I just want to say, um, talk about how he shared, if you will, turn to Deuteronomy 4 and 9, you know, 4 and 9, actually 4 and, excuse me, yeah, 4 and 9. 
Um, you know, one thing I, I want to highlight is always, you know, sharing situations and, and things that he's went through in his life, you know, and issues and trials and the solutions, um, how God brought him through and how, you know, it, it's, it's different when somebody's just talking at you or, or talking about things, but it, it's a different, it's a totally different thing when they have went through these things, you know, they're, they're living in the, um, you know, they're living what they're telling you or what they're teaching you at this point, you know. Um, it's, it's mandatory for me to be a good example for my children because I know he's coming up watching me. It's mandatory for me to, you know, um, live a certain way and to do things a certain way because, you know, um, a lot of times you can talk about it, but, you know, children, I, I mean, down to the lowest things. If I go upstairs, my son will come upstairs, you know. If I go outside, my son will come outside. If I put my shoes on and time, you know, before he knows where we're going, he put his shoes on and tie on. So it's, it's a difference between just uh, verbally expressing something and, you know, that being backed up with through your actions and through your example. Um, you know, they see that for themselves, you know. And me personally, I'm, I learn a certain way. Um, you know, I learn to, to, to see things, you know, if, if um, there's something that I see, I'll be able to do it, you know, just from seeing it a couple of times and practicing. So, you know, I know my son is that same way. I see how he watches me, how he watches his granddaddy, how he watches his uncles, you know, he, he enjoys um, being a part of that with them. Um, so, it's important that, you know, and, and this is translatable to all, all men, everybody, you know, to set the right example because, you know, that's how it's uh, translated. You know, people understand that. They feel that when it's real, you know what I'm saying, when you're being genuine, when you live it, you know what I'm saying? So, um, number three, he, he just always shares uh, life events that he went through, issues, and a lot of times they're relatable to things that I'm starting to go through and I've um, you know, went through. And I can think back to like, man, you know, I remember the word he gave me. And God always brings things back to your remembrance. You know, when you're actually studying your word, you'll bring it back to your remembrance. That scripture you heard or, you know, that lesson that you that um, you were taught out of the word, you know what I'm saying? He'll bring it back to your memory. So it's key for, you know, I just think a point to salute is that um, fathers who, you know, share solutions they share their life events that they went through. They share the issues and the trials with their sons and their daughters, and as well as the, the, the solution, you know, that God, how God brought them through. And um, Deuteronomy chapter four, verse nine says, um, where am I? Okay, it says, only take heed to thyself and keep thy soul diligent. Least thou forget the things which thine eyes have seen. Least I, excuse me, I'm sorry, y'all. Yes, chapter, chapter four, verse nine. It says, only take heed to thyself and keep thy soul diligently. Least thou forget the things which thine own, which thine eyes have seen. And least they depart from thy heart all the days of thy life. But teach them thy sons and thy son's sons. So um, I'm, I'm just thankful, you know, for my father being a great grandfather, being a great father, you know, um, on this day. And, you know, just for the example, he helps me to be a better father. And he's always given that, 
you know, sound advice, sound doctrine, uh, you know, because he knows that's truly what is needed, you know. And likewise, not only to myself, but to, um, you know, those around him and, and those around us. So I'm just thankful for those those three points. I just want to highlight those two scriptures. Um, I also have one more scripture I just want to say in closing. Uh, Deuteronomy 8 and 5. Uh, let's see here, 8 and 5. And it says, Thou shalt also um, consider in thine heart that as a man chasing his son, so the Lord that God chases thee. And um, definitely not last, um, but I, I do want to thank my Heavenly Father and just, you know, give him praise for his uh, reprove and, and just for his, um, you know, his humbling um, and just for keeping us focused, you know. Um, I just would encourage everyone to submit to God's will, you know. Um, Let's not run from it any longer, you know. The world really needs, uh, you know, us to take root into the word of God and really live that life because, um, you know, God is, is a lot of situations that's going on now in this world that he's just trying to get through to us. He's just trying to get our understanding. You know, he's trying to get us to look to him and to, you know, recognize. So, you know, um, just take it, um, you know, and, and be thankful, and uh, let's let's get right, you know, and, and, and tell others about Jesus and live that life. So uh, that's all, all I would like to say. Um, I just want to thank all the fathers, you know, for being those good examples, and um, I just want to pray that everyone will, you know, uh, let God be the lead, the leading force in their life, you know, who they look to and their strength. Um, and that's all. That's all I have to say. Um, turn it over to Pastor Lester and uh, Tony, or Brother Tony. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. I tell you, thank Alex and thank Carter. I tell you, God is so good and all those who've gone before us. And at this time, again, like I say, it's a great honor for me to have two or two of my sons and a grandson sharing this platform today. And so blessed to have our oldest son, Tony, to come up and spend Father's Day with us. Uh, hadn't seen him in a minute, but he's here today. And so just want him to give you his heart. He's also a father. Uh, he's our oldest. And uh, so we're just looking forward to hearing from him. Uh, and he just shared his heart. This is our oldest son, Tony. Uh, and so, Tony, the platform is yours, sir. Appreciate it. Hi, everyone. Uh, first off, I want to give a big shout out, a lot of honor to our Heavenly Father. Um, also, some honor, shout out, however you want to call it, to uh, Pastor Lester, Pastor Eric, um, fathers of flocks, leaders of the pasture, of the, of the sheep. So you want to give a shout out to them. I also want to say hello, big shout out to all the other fathers. Um, happy Father's Day. Thank you guys for being there and setting examples uh, um, for each other. Sometimes it's good to look lateral and get some help, get some assistance, get some guidance from our, our other brothers in Christ on how to be fathers, and sometimes just ideas on things to do, uh, help that our relationship with each other, our community, our family, our wives, and our children. Uh, I want to say hello to the More Than Conqueror flock. How you guys doing? Big shout out, New Freedom. How you guys doing? Love you. Thank you for the prayers. Thank you for keeping me in your prayers. I still love you guys. I know you miss me you know, kicking you out, but I love you. I promise you I love you. I miss you guys. I want to thank you so much for keeping me in your prayers and in your heart. 
Um, I want to keep it simple, me personally. Um, give you the scripture first. I'm read uh, John 8, 31 and 32. 31, I want to set up for 32, and it's about, about truth and being honest as fathers with our, our significant others, our family members, our children, setting an example. Um, that truth will set you free to be a free man, to be a free father, to do the right thing. It'll also set you up to be open to the other examples um, that other, fam other fathers set for you to take and, and implement those things into the family, into your lives, to make better men of you, make better families, and in turn, make better communities for each other. We, we can only build each other up from the inside out. You know, the fathers take care of the fathers, then they take care of the family. And we build that community up like that. So I just wanna, uh, I'll go ahead and read it. Um, John chapter eight, verse 31 and 32. Then Jesus said to those Jews who believed him, if you abide in my word, you are my disciples indeed. And you shall know the truth and the truth shall set you free. And I wanna focus on that truth with ourselves as fathers, understanding our flaws, understanding our strength, knowing how to maintain our strength, but turning to God to work on those flaws, work on those things that we just don't have quite right yet, that we need better help, you know, through prayer, through research and reading in the word. And also, I just, I just want you guys to, what helps me out a lot is looking at my brother Alex, looking at my brother El Javar, looking at other fathers and the things they do, well, turning to them for advice, turning to them for examples. And my father too, I'm not, I'm not by no means, I want to say anything negative to anyone, but it, I just really have this hearkening on my heart that we can help each other be good fathers. Learn from each other, learn the truth from each other where we can uplift and take examples and uplift each other and be stronger men for our sons and our daughters and our families. And with that point, we have to start with the truth. That's what's going to set us free to be able to do these things in Christ. You have to be honest with yourself. You have to be honest with the Lord because he already knows. Dad always says, you don't, it's not my integrity you have to pass, it's his. And he already knows. So there's no need to not be truthful with him and not be honest with him. Understand your strengths and weaknesses. Understand how to get, that you can get better and that you're willing to get better. And then you turn to the word of God to research and learn. And I just really want to give a big, uh, my focus point is being truthful and being honest with each other as terms of, of needing help and strength to get better as fathers. We, we have a lot of good examples, a lot of great examples of fathers, but none of us are perfect. And when you know you know your shortcomings, turn to the word of God, turn to your other brothers that are showing good examples because they turn to the word of God and they learn from that. And I really want you guys, us, uh, us as family members and us as brothers in Christ to be able to lean on each other and work with each other. And just in, and that's really what I just wanted to impart. Let your, let your growth, let your build start with the truth, start with the word of God. Turn to other godly men for advice because I guarantee you if your light is shining like it should with Christ, other non-Christians and non-believers are going to turn to you. They're going to wonder and ask. They're going to uh, wonder and ask how you're doing so well. What is it? And that's when you can tell them it's the light of Christ. But you have to be rooted in that truth. You have to, when your challenges come, you have to go back to that truth, the word of God and godly men that are giving you examples. And that's really all I wanted to impart in you guys. Um, 
be able to look, you know, and I don't want to harp on or, or take anything away from anybody, but be able to look to your left and to your right and have a good brother, a good father that can show you examples. And they can show you where to look in the word of God. You know, they can show you where they researched, they did their research, they did their, their study and they did their prayer and they can help guide. Because sometimes, it, it, you know, in our community, it's tough sometimes to find good examples, but they're there. We're right here. You know, I want, I want you guys to focus on being honest and truth with yourself, honest and truth with God. In turn, that can help me lean on you guys and we on each other to be honest and truthful with each other because we are the backbone and we must build this community up, our church community, our, our local communities, our school communities, uh, our work communities, but definitely starting with our, our church community. That's how we have that foundation, that strength that we build upon. And I just want to implore to you guys, you know, work on and focus on that truth in Christ, that truth in the word, that truth in God, and also our other brothers that are, are leaning and working towards the same goal. So again, guys, I thank you. I want to keep it short. I thank you guys. I love you guys, uh, miss you guys, and um, at any time, if I can help it with anything, advice, uh, anything that I can help, I'm always it. You can always reach out to me, okay? All right, I love you guys. I'm going to turn it over to Pastor, um, and uh, just thank you for this opportunity, guys. Love you. Hey, man, well, we thank God for Tony, for Alex, for all of our, our sons, our daughters, their husbands, amen, who are wonderful uh we call them precious gifts from god amen and so i'm i'm just thankful you know to be a father thank god for you know sons who love god who have a relationship with him and are willing to understand that it's not automatic it's not easy we find ourselves in situations but we always uh, have examples around us we always can go to god who is a father to the father. So we appreciate the word that uh, Tony has shared, that Alex shared, and even Carter, amen, uh, and Pastor Eric, uh, uh, my son-in-law, Pastor, uh, you know, just thank God, Pastor Sharon, my wife, you know, beautiful mother of our children, grandmother of our grandchildren, and we just thank God for Crystal, Alex's wife. We thank God for Siobhan, Eric Matthew, our grandsons, Pastor Phoebe, our firstborn, and uh, Brother Quinn, you know, I call him Bishop, amen, uh, just a wonderful man of, of God that keeps us straight technically. And so it's just an honor to be here. And so I'm going to take a few minutes today to kind of speak to you, give you my heart uh, and kind of wrap things up today. But I'm so elated, so wonderfully blessed to be here today as a father to celebrate this Father's Day 2020 with, uh, like I said, two of my sons, our middle son, El Jabbar. Uh, he's deployed right now in, in the box in the theater, serving in the Air Force, but he's over in, uh, in, uh, over in uh, you know, the Middle East right now serving his country. And his wife, Keta, and our granddaughter, Eden, they're out in Utah in the Air Force serving out there. But we thank God for, like I say, it's a blessing to look at your sons and look at them as fathers, husbands to their wives. And we have not had one unrestless night having to worry about anything, Pastor Sheridan and I because we consider ourselves blessed because God has just given us such peace, just given us such beautiful relationship with them that we can be honest, as Tony said, and be truthful and, you know, and state our, our hearts and our minds and be very transparent with them because it's all about that interpersonal integrity that we have to get it by God. You can get it by people. You can fake it to make it, but only so long, but you have to find that place of peace and comfort with your own 
strengths and weaknesses as he articulated. But I want to transition here and kind of, you know, give you my message for the day, what's on my heart. Uh, thank all of you for wishing me a happy Father's Day and all those uh, tweets and texts and emails that I've already gotten. But I want to begin by just thanking God, uh, our Heavenly Father, for who he is, a good, good father. You know, I know that about him now. I have that personal relationship with him. I thank God that I'm a grandfather. You know, a lot of family members that I know don't live to be a, to be a grandfather. So I thank God for, for being a grandfather. I thank God for my biological father, who's deceased now, uh, 1996. He went on to be with the Lord. But I thank God for him, amen, a wonderful man. Uh, you know, and I thank God for all our spiritual fathers. Pastor Sharon and I have had many, many spiritual fathers and mothers that we went up, we've met along this, this journey that have really poured into our lives and have shaped uh, who we are today as, as, as Christian uh, parents, Christian mother and father, amen, haven't always been that way. But we thank God that uh, all three of our sons are wonderful fathers. Uh, we thank God that our two daughters are married to wonderful husbands and fathers. Uh, our grand, thank God for our grandchildren and wonderful parents, you know, uh, Pastor Eric, you know, my favorite guy, man, don't give me a hard time about nothing. I remember when he was about 15 or 16 and came to me and asked me, could he date my oldest daughter, Phoebe? And I was so honored at that time. Of course, I gave him my approval, gave him my blessings. And I mean, they've just been blazing the trail ever since. And he's turning it into just a wonderful father for his children and so many other young people that he's mentoring out there and helping. Amen. And then I thank God for you know, uh, our prayers that go out to all of those that are uh, have lost their fathers. May God, our Father, fill the void in, in your life and, you know, your, your, your fatherly needs that you may have. May he heal your wounded spirits, human spirits, and restore, uh, you know, your lonely hearts with so much love and joy and peace. And may the Lord, our Heavenly Father, be more than enough today and throughout eternity. And I want to thank God for biological and spiritual fathers that are still out there on the battlefield helping uh, young sons and daughters to mature and to become great men and women of God, building a relationship with the Heavenly Father because both of these are needed. We realize that now looking back. And so I want to title this message today, Fathers Committed to God and His Godly Training will raise sons to be godly fathers. That's what it's gonna take. Reproducing as Pastor Eric went to Genesis, the first chapter, after <coughs> our own kind. I don't wanna be unmindful today of the lost fathers, the backslidden fathers, the prodigal fathers, the mature fathers, as well as the immature fathers. This, this takes work, y'all. This takes a lot of discipline. You can't just jump into this. You know, it, it takes a lot of work and a lot of help, uh, you know, from every direction you can get it want to, you know, just be recognized today, the deceased fathers being, mine being one, my, my wife's father's deceased, uh, you know, thank God for those who still have their fathers living, uh, men who want to be fathers, this is messages hopefully we're going to be tailored to you today. Uh, my challenge to all of you is to weigh the cost before entering into this precious ministry called fatherhood. It is truly a calling, uh, it takes a lot of discipline. When the biological father is derelict in his duties and responsibilities, know that we always have the father of the fatherless to fill every void where there is no biological father. 
We learned that this morning, and that's over in the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 15. So we have many, many teachers, but not many fathers. The big difference, amen. Such fathers must be and remain committed and disciplined in how they raise their sons and their daughters, especially their sons, who will one day become fathers. I just love it to see uh, my grandsons and how we have a relationship with them. Matter of fact, just a couple of minutes ago, uh, one of our older grandsons, uh, you know, tried to get a call in. Amen. I was just so blessed to look up and see his name. I know what he's calling for to wish uh, his grandpa uh, a happy Father's Day. Amen. And in other words, uh, when it comes down to our children's parents, our children's parents, especially us fathers, you know, uh, which is the fathers have a parenting, we must be dedicated or we must dedicate uh, to ensure the next generation of fathers are able to train their children. And um, talk about that today, more by corresponding action than being forgetful hearers of God's, you know, how to instruction to us that is documented in the book of Proverbs chapter 22, verse six, where he says, train to the parents, train up a child in the way that it should go, when they get old, they will not depart from it. We're all sitting here today because we were trained up and we have not been able to depart from it, nor, nor do we want to be. And so it's just proving the pudding. The word, like Tony said, you got to know the truth. You got to be honest about it. And that makes a world of difference. This is understood to be a kind of training with a meaningful purpose. You know, just going through the motion. That doesn't come back void until it accomplishes the purpose to which God sent it. That's why he sent us the instruction. And what might that purpose be? Uh, the next generation of sons who make for great fathers above and beyond stopping at being teachers. Everybody can tell somebody what to do and teach and all that. We have many teachers, tens and thousands of them, but we have not many fathers according to the word that I just uh, stated over in the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 15, the King James Bible, but God will help us fathers if we are struggling and want to be a better father to our sons and daughters and others that are out there. Amen. He, he will help us, uh, you know, amen. He will help us. But the scripture says, again, in the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 15, it says, for though ye have ten thousands of instructors in Christ, Yet have ye not many fathers, for in Christ Jesus I have begotten you through the gospel. In other words, what he's saying is, if you want to be a father, you cannot successfully do it without the aid and the help of the scriptures. They have to be our delight, and they have to be our counselor. They will instruct us, uh, as Paul told Timothy in the second book of Timothy, chapter 3, verse 15, 16, and 17. He said that word of God. It is inspired of God. It's good for doctrine. You gotta have, you gotta have a roadmap how to work through uh, fatherhood. You know, good for doctrine. Teach you how to do that. Instruct you how to do that. It removes the mystery. It's very clear. It's good for reproach. In other words, if you're messing it up as a father, it'll show you how to do it. It'll show you how to do it. Amen. You know, and it's good for correction. It's good for correction. What am I saying about correction? If you're doing it wrong, it'll tell you what the wrong you're doing. Then it'll correct you and show you how it should be done. That's, I love God. He's a how-to God. And then it says it's good for instruction and in righteousness. In other words, God has a righteous way of doing things. 
There is a right and a wrong way, but God takes it to a whole nother level. He wants us to be successful because he has so much stock in Father. It all, the family begins right there with the leadership of the Father, the ability to teach and train, to cultivate things in their children, sons and daughters, to be able to, you know, to be able to lead them, to be able to protect them and provide for them. You know, this is God's way of doing things. And then according to the book of uh, Psalms, chapter 46, verse 1 of the King James Bible, it says, God is, I'm talking to the fathers now, it says, God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. I'll be the first to admit from what I've seen, fathers are in trouble out there right now, okay? And as I think Tony said, you, you can look around, there are other fathers out there that are having some success in this thing called fatherhood. And you have to seek them out. Yeah, that's God to let them cross your path. And I love insight to Mother Father. I love to hear. Now, you when you deal with me, you're going to have to come from the word. If not, I'm going to cut you off. I ain't casting no pearls in my swine. I'm okay. You fight a bunch of foolishness. That's not my game. That's, that's, that's not the way I approach life. You know, but if you really want to have a real, real conversation about some of the things we've learned, lessons we've learned, I'm going to take you to the word because that's where I'm at now. You know, I base everything on the word. It ain't in the word. It's not going to do you no good. And it's not going to do me any good. I'll listen to your advice. I'll listen to you, you know, whatever. But if I can't take you to the word to, to address the reproof, the correction, the instruction, and righteousness, the Bible goes on to say that every man may be thoroughly furnished and prepared unto every good work. Amen. There's good work to be done by Father. In my opinion, we need all the help we can get in these evil days. And based on our experience and lessons learned, as fathers as, as a father's son. I'm a father's son, okay? And a father myself uh, and blessed so far to be a grandfather, I am today able to share with you all the properly trained son. A properly trained son or a daughter requires an immediate dedication of our sons and daughters to the Lord, which remains the first and I believe is the most important and essential step in training, in the training process, you know, as Christians are to want to be Christ-like creatures, striving to be more like Jesus Christ. And for all Christians, training uh, is administered, and it should be our mandatory purpose when we dedicate our sons and daughters to God. I want to highlight and underline that word dedicate and to his will. Soon as possible after birth, probably at the one-year mark, what fathers especially and even more specifically should aim and strive to do is show some leadership our sons and daughters need our leadership it needs to be provided where our children uh, who are as precious little gifts from god see that they are dedicated to god they don't see that they're dedicated to god i see that with my my youngest grandson and all of my grandkids i can see that about them and they are his own loan to us parents in order that right away after their arrival here, they should be dedicated in order to separate them from the world's evil, the wickedness that's out there, and all the evildoers. You know, once we give them back to God, you know, he will watch over them. He will help us. He will help us to be good leaders and to raise them up in the way that they should go, that when they get old, they won't depart from it. This wicked age and world order is ripping us off right now from a lot of our, our, our sons and daughters that are out there because they're influencing them, they're enticing them, you know, while we are derelict in our duty. 
with all of its bad, deadly, poisonous, toxic influences out there that are out there waiting to snatch them up in gangs and other involvement and activity and serve other purposes besides what God has purposed for them. A quick and timely dedication is paramount to their success in life. Amen. We can learn from Hannah's experience. Hannah's situation teaches us that asking for a miracle from God's hand is not always wrong. But when the miracle comes, when it shows up, when it arrives, what happens is not what happened to us getting his precious gift, that little precious soul, that little precious life, but who we became as a, or become as a result of that miracle. Okay, in her case, okay, her son, Samuel, the motivation or reason behind uh, she sought a sign from God should be for the good of men unto the Lord's glory, not our own personal, you know, fulfillment, not to increase our faith or for the selfish reasons, ambitious or lustful desires that we might have. People now just having babies, man, because they want to get a welfare check. They're just having babies right now because they, they're saying, well, you know, I, I, want, I want a baby, and a lot of these kids, men, are falling to the crack, put up for adoption, fathers, father the baby, and they go out through young, okay? And we wonder why we have these, these young men walking around with their pants sagging and hanging down and all of this stuff. It's because they don't understand their identity. They don't understand their purpose. They can't fulfill it. They can't understand it without a father and a mother working together to raise them and provide for them an environment where they can develop as, little, as young uh, kids, be trained up but that we may witness our awesome, amazing, <coughs> and incredible God, you know, is able to do all things. God can help us turn this around, Father. Hannah, the wife of Elkanah, prayed to God for a son. And there are many out there right now praying to God for a son. And she promised to dedicate him to God. Right there sometimes is where we fall through the crack. We get these children. You know, and we depend so much on the community to raise them, the church to raise them, the school teacher to raise them, the football coach, the basketball coach, the track coach. We drop them off to before school care, after school care. And we're all working four and five jobs right now, man, around the clock. We too tired to spend time with them and go over homework when they get home. We're just so busy right now. And some fathers have just forsaken them all together. Well, I should say daddy, baby daddy is not fathers, okay? And so it, it's a huge difference. But I love Hannah here, man. She, you know, you know, she prayed to God and God answered her prayer. And she brought the child to Samuel at Shiloh for spiritual training and left him there with Eli, not Elkanah, his father, his biological father, <coughs> to train him up. Many teachers, but not many fathers, coaches, mentors, scoutmasters, and youth pastors, and youth count. They are great resources, but they are not the fathers that our children need. Bible says in 1 Samuel, the book of 1 Samuel, chapter 1, verse 10 and 11, the King James Bible, it says, and she was in bitterness of soul and prayed unto the Lord and wept sore, and she bowed about and said, get this now, O Lord of hosts, if thou would indeed look on the afflictions of thine handmaid, and remember me, and not forget thine handmaid, but will give unto thine handmaid a man-child. Then I will give him unto the Lord all the days of his life, and there shall be no razor come upon his head. <clears throat> In other words, 
honoring that vow, you know, honoring that vow to stay clean and pure before God. You know, she said, I'll give him to you, Lord. Parents, here is a lesson here. When that child is born, one of the best things you can do for that child's future is to dedicate that child to the Lord, to the service of the Lord. And she did that. Now notice, her husband had two other wives who had already, you know, given him sons. And he was more focused on them than he was on this son. But thank God for Hannah, which is an extension of her husband's authority. She didn't wait on him. She did not wait on him. So parents, if, you know, if, 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 if the husband ain't in place, the father ain't in place, don't sweat it. Remember, he is the father of the fatherless. The book of James taught us that. He is the father of the fatherless. She made a promise and a commitment to God that the first thing I'm going to do with Samuel, I'm going to dedicate him. The first thing I'm going to do with that son, that precious gift, I'm going to dedicate him to the Lord. So after they've been here and arrived, they're healthy, maybe after that year go by, you take them and dedicate them to the Lord. You know, we did that with Carter and Callie. And I'm telling you right now, man, boy, they're just in love with God. They like to worship. They like the word. You know, they like to watch my mom, papa. They like to be at church. So all these things are, 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 are planted in them. And they're being trained up by Alex and Crystal to do that, our son and our daughter-in-law. And we know that that's not going to um, come back void. Uh, it goes on to say to us in the book of uh, 1 Samuel chapter 1, verse 19 and 28, the King James Bible, it says, And they rose up early in the morning and worshiped before the Lord. He's talking about Hannah and Samuel now. She's still training them up. And returned and came to their house in Ramah, and Elkanah knew Hannah, his wife, and the Lord remembered her. Wherefore it came to pass, when the time was come about after Hannah had conceived. Now remember, she was barren and she could not have a son before, but she turned to God, amen. And I love this. She didn't just turn to God and say, give me a son. She turned to God and said, give me a son, Lord, and I give him back to you. And that's exactly what she did. And, and, and Samuel went on, man, to be a, 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 I mean, a powerful prophet, man, for the Lord. You know, but he was trained up in a man. I'm beginning to envision and see things right now from Carter and Kelly, man, and my other grandkids, man. I'm seeing it right now with uh, Eric Matthew and Siobhan right now. You know, even see it with Amir when he comes to hang out with us, you know. And so we just thank God, man. You know, they don't have no problem going to church. They don't have no problem, man, sitting on the word. They don't. I mean, they don't kick and buck. They just love it. They go with the flow. They enjoy it, which is the way it should be. Amen. And so she, um, you know, she took him to the house of the Lord. Every year they had a sacrifice. Every year she took him. So parents, y'all stop tripping out there, man. Uh, my mama made me go to church. I'm not going to make my children go to church. You ain't got to make them go to church. Just take them to church. You know, don't send them to church with grandmama. You take them to church. Go to church with them. Uh, have Bible study at home. Introduce them to God. Talk to them about God. Don't wait till they're 19 years old and open up the Bible. Start doing that right away. You heard Alex say when he was three or four years old, once we got saved and understood what it was to be saved, we would have been ripping our children off, man, not exposed them to that. And so we vowed that we were going to do that, train our children up, raise our children up in the admonition of the Lord. Amen. And it goes on to say, she said, I will not go up until the child be weaned. That's that time, you know, that, that year should be, they should be weaned by then. You should take them immediately to the Lord and dedicate them to him. And then I will bring him that he may appear before the Lord. She said, I will bring Samuel after he's weaned that he may appear before the Lord and there abide forever. Samuel's going to abide there forever. Look at what she's declaring about her son. 
She ain't calling them no knucklehead. She ain't saying you're going to be like Elka, now your father, that right now I'm doing what he should be doing. She didn't say that. She dealt with him before God, what she wanted for her son. And she said that he may remain with the Lord forever. And Elka, now her husband, said unto her, do what seemeth thee good. Do what seemeth thee good. Tarry until thou have weaned him. Only the Lord established the word, his word, with you and Samuel. <clears throat> That's a prep declaration right there, man, for some father, some mother out there struggling right now. It says, so the woman abode and gave her son suck until he, until she weaned him. And when she had weaned him, she took him up with her with three bullocks and one emperor of flour and a bottle of wine and brought him into the house of the Lord in shallow. Take him over to the, you know, the community center and, and, and sign him up for the football team and all that stuff. No, she took him, man, where it mattered, where it counted, you know. She knew it was a blessing from God and she wanted to give him back to the service of the Lord. Trust him with God. And the child was young. And the child was young. Don't wait for them until they full grown and kick them out. Train them up so they won't want to leave. And if they leave, they'll come back because they probably, you know, they'll come to their right mind after riots living and going out there hanging out. They'll miss, they'll miss them either. You know, they'll miss that love. They'll miss the father love. So, you know, they'll come back. He said the prodigal son, they'll come back. Be ready to celebrate when they do. And they slew a bullock and brought the child to Eli, the man of God. And she said, oh, my Lord, as thou so liveth, my Lord, I am a woman that stood by thee here praying unto the Lord. Got to pray over them, children. For this child I pray, and the Lord has given me my petition, which I asked of him. These are gifts from God. If they're healthy, they're born, they're gifts from God. Keep them that way. Keep them being raised up in that, you know. Therefore, also, I have lent him to the Lord. He was known to you, so lend him back to the Lord and serve God. As long as he liveth, he shall be lent to the Lord. As long as these children are living, they shall be. Always remember, God gave them to us, known them to us, so let's lend them back to the service of the Lord. And he worshiped the Lord there. Thank God, man, for these examples. Again, Proverbs the book of Proverbs, chapter 22, verse 16, James Bible said, train up a child in the way that he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. Parents must be committed to their training, development, and discipline. First level of introduction to Christianity and spiritual training is dedication. Helping them discover their God-given talents and purposes in life is our responsibility. Understanding the world they are going uh, to be raised up in and have to live in is not, you know, uh, it's not all peaches and cream and peaches and herbs. There are some things out there they're going to have to deal with. We got to help them and prepare for that. Help them know and show them how to seek God's will and plan and vision for them. It starts early. Cultivate godly attributes and characteristics in them. That's part of the training. This is what I'm describing right now. Provide a learning and growing environment with love, basic accommodation for growth and development as a child. You know, don't starve them to death. Don't tell them to take a time out and leave them in the corner for six hours. Them babies got to eat regularly. They burn a lot of energy playing, you know. So don't punish them like that. That's what the world does. Throw them over there in the corner, forget about it. Put them in the car, go somewhere. You in there shopping, buying clothes and all kind of stuff and jewelry and makeup. Forgot they were out there in the car. And you come back out there, man, they got heat stroke. 
you know, you can't, you can't do that. You know, you got to make sure that that environment is conducive for them to grow and develop as a child. Encourage them. Reward good behavior and punish bad behavior. Don't be afraid to do that. You don't have to beat the brains out, but you have a system set up that if they do good, a lot of praise. If they do bad, instruct them. The rod don't mean you beat the brains out, you beat them into submission. It means the rod of instruction, just like the rod of this. And sometimes they need to be, be, be spanked. My mom whipped me. I turned out pretty good. Pastor Eric said he, he, his father whipped him. He turned out pretty good. You know, we both had successful military careers, and now we we full-time in God's army. So it does work, but just don't try to kill the child. Don't provoke the child to rap. Amen? You got to sit down and talk to them. But if you train them up, you know, they'll, they'll have a good chance to, to make it, you know. End result is this. They'll be properly trained, especially your sons, and they will not depart from that training. Remain true to God, as you heard my son say, that integrity, that interpersonal integrity, and we pray and we hope that this will be the case. Live a God-fearing life going forward before them yourself. Learn how to live among God-fearing people, this is it is, who are unfaithful and avoid being influenced by such people. There are some folks out there right now faking it to make it. They got the word, but they don't have the deed. There's somebody else in church than they are at home, you know. And so you got to be careful of that. You know, everybody who say, Lord, Lord, don't know the Lord. Live free from sin and the temptations of sin. There's a lot of sin out there that's enticing. It looks good. It sounds good. They run into this stuff sometimes, man, in, in football teams and basketball teams. Not there in those camps. You know, they get abused. They get molested. Even in some churches, man, some youth pastors ain't right. You know, some priests out there ain't right. We got cases of abused children out there, man. Little altar boys, Boy Scout of America. All these, these things are documented. We turn our kids over when we should be training them. We should be the number one example and role model. Fathers, if the father ain't in place, I thank God for my wife when I was serving overseas. She was an extension of my authority, and guess what? She kept mentoring our children about their father so that they didn't lose that, 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 that leadership. You know, she wrote me letters and told me what they were doing. You know, when I got back home, we had talks, we had conversations. So I didn't stop being a father just because I was deployed. I had her to remind them, you know, your father not going to like this. You know, this ain't what your father stands for. You know, this ain't our standard. This ain't how we, how we live. This ain't how we're going to raise them. Constantly, 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 you know, constantly. Husband and wife working together. She completes me. She fulfills me as a husband. I couldn't do nothing as a father without the help of my wife. Amen. Amen. So we have to learn how to live out here in this world with all these unfaithful people, man, faking it to make it, perpetrating a fraud, you know, our kids to get exposed to that. So don't be so quick to release them, man, to these programs out here. You need to go do some investigation. Don't drop them out with a bag lunch. No, go talk to these coaches. Go talk to these mentors. Get, get that schedule. Show up sometime unexpected, you know. Find out what's going on. Even in the classroom. We used to pop up and visit school. We went out and met the teachers, the principals where our children went. We wanted to know what was going on. And we told them, here's my number. We don't care. We'll leave work if we have a problem with one of ours. Just let us know. Call us. We were actively involved in their life, especially when they were away from our supervision. God spoke of apostasy to Noah, Daniel, and Job that without God, they could not save their own sons and daughters. Now, these were some powerful men of God. But God spoke to them in Ezekiel, and I want to read that to you. This is in the book of Ezekiel, a very prophetic book, stuff that was foretold all the way back then when Ezekiel did. And he targeted some prominent figures, Noah, 
Daniel and Job. Look at what he said. The word of the Lord came unto me again, says Ezekiel, saying, Son of man, son of man, when the land sinneth against me by trespass, by trespassing grievously, then will I stretch out mine hand upon it, and I will break the staff of the bread thereof, and I will send famine upon it, and I will cut off man and beast from it. Though these three men, Noah, Daniel, and Job, were in it, they should deliver but their own souls by their righteousness, saith the Lord God, if by cause noisome beasts to pass through the land, and they spoil it, so that it be desolate, that no man may pass through it because of the beast out there. Though these three men were in it as alive, saith the Lord God, they shall deliver their sons. They shall deliver neither their sons nor their daughters. They only shall be delivered, but the land shall be desolate. Or if I bring a sword upon the land and say, sword, go through the land so that I cut off men and beasts from it, though these three men were in it. As I live, saith the Lord God, they shall deliver neither their sons nor their daughters, but they only shall be delivered themselves. Or if I send the pestilence into that land and pour out my fury upon it in blood to cut off from it man and beast, though Noah, Daniel, and Job were in it, as I live, saith the Lord God, they shall deliver neither son nor daughter. They shall but deliver their own souls by their righteousness. That's in the book of Ezekiel chapter 14, verse uh, 12 through 20. Don't freak out. A lot of language in there. But here's what he's saying. That these men right here, as, as faithful as they were to God, as powerful as they were used by God, you know, as sold out and committed as they were, if they failed to raise and train their sons and their daughters, the Lord said, look, I'll reward you for serving me, but I'll punish you for not raising up your sons and your daughters. They'll be left out here in this world with all these beasts, all this. and he's not talking about animals. He's talking about human animals, those people we talked about earlier. Those, you know, he said, they'll be left to defend for themselves. So you have to train them up. This prophecy came back then, telling us of the devastation that we caused to this generation by not making sure they're trained up in the way they should go that when they get old. You know, we, 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 we serve God, but then we have to complete serving God by training up the next generation to serve God. And this is what he's saying. Don't leave that void there. Verse 14, he said, so he here that said that Noah, Daniel, and Job could not do anything for their sons and daughters against the judgments that are out there, the wrath that's out there, the evil days that's out there, the calamities out there, the conflicts out there, the worldly struggles and the troubled times that we're living in, these evil and vile and wicked people that they are confronted with out there, abusing our sons and daughters, putting our young girls in, in, in human trafficking uh, rings and, and all that stuff is going on out there, wicked people. If they are not dedicated and properly trained up in the admonitions of the Lord, Prayers only work when they are promised, okay, to God right away. And then correspondent action is followed, okay, with dedication to the service of the Lord, as we saw with him. As we saw with him. You know, as we saw with him. You know. And so it, it goes without saying 
These were three powerful men known for their demonstrated righteousness before the Lord. But if they and their sons and daughters were not dedicated to the Lord, the prayers fell on deaf ears. Verse 15, he says, I will also send wild beasts among you, just like verse 15 in, in, in Ezekiel. He says, I will send wild beasts among you, which shall rob you of your children and destroy your cattle and make you few in number, and your highways shall be desolate. That's the law in, within the Bible, talking about the treatment of our sons and daughters once we don't train them and we turn them aloof and let them go out on their own, become prodigal sons. And, and just go out and, 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 and try to live in this world without proper training. Look at what he says is going to happen to them in Leviticus. Verse 16, he says, They shall deliver neither son nor daughter. Why? We as fathers must train and dedicate our children, especially our sons, to the service of the Lord right away, soon as they're weaned, because of the moral decay of our present-day worldly climate, which has become more sinful today than in Ezekiel's day of this prophecy. He foretold of this immoral climate and spiritually bankrupt world chaos back then, and it's here it is today. Evil days upon us, perilous times upon us. God will help our fathers, and God will help our sons and our daughters in this age. He is, remember, according to the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 15, a father, I mean, James, a father to the fathers. That's the book of James, the first chapter. I'm sorry. You know, but that's what God is offering us. Why not, Pastor? Because please understand, every believing father and son that's out there that's under my voice must be very careful about the social, <coughs> economical, religious, and mainly the educational systems and environments in which we place our sons and daughters to be properly trained, taught, and developed. The end result may lead them to an ungodly outcome or put them in an unrighteous, riotous, unproductive, wasteful lifestyle. Okay, where our own righteous living and our own fervent prayers may fall short of being a, a, a little too late to bring them up uh, or accept to accept Jesus Christ as their personal Lord and Savior. Verse 17, it, is, it says, and I will bring a sword upon you that shall avenge and call of my covenant. And when ye are gathered together within the cities, I will send the pestilence among you, and shall be the, they shall be delivered into the hand of the enemy. This is what's going to happen to our seed when God want to bless our seed. So Noah, Daniel, okay, Job, train them up, okay. Parents today, train them up. Look at what God said going to happen to them. They won't have a chance making it out here in this world. They'll be eaten alive by all these systems without their foundation. In verse 18, he says, though these three men, Noah, Daniel, and Job, were in this world, they should deliver but their own souls by their righteousness, saith the Lord. He's saying, look, don't just be so concerned about you. Be concerned about your offspring. Be concerned about your sons and daughters. You know, y'all doing great. God taking care of y'all, fathers, you know. But be concerned about those coming behind you. Don't be so quick to dump them off on somebody else to raise them. Uh, you know, Second Samuel, the uh, you know, book of Second Samuel, chapter 24, verse 15, King James Bible said this. So the Lord sent a pestilence upon Israel from the morning even to the time appointed, and there died of the people from Dan even to Beersheba 70,000 men. Now, these were somebody's sons at one time. <laughs> All of them people, I wonder why they died so young, so early. Probably because they had not been prepared 
to deal with all the evil out there. Probably got caught up in some of, you know, ways of sin is death, but to get to God's eternal life. Verse 20, it said, though these three men, Daniel, Noah, and Job, had sons, had sons and daughters, were in it, they should deliver but their own souls by their righteousness, saith the Lord. Don't be so concerned about you. Be concerned about your children, their future, you know. The book of Genesis, chapter 6, verse 9 through 13, King James Bible says this. These are the generations of Noah, okay? Noah was a just man and a perfect in his generation. And Noah walked with God. And Noah begat three sons, Shem, Ham, and Jezap. The earth also was corrupt before God. <clears throat> and the earth was filled with violence. And God looked upon the earth, and behold, it was corrupt. For all flesh and corrupt was corrupted in his way upon the earth. And God said unto Noah, the end of all flesh is come before me, but the earth is filled with violence through them, and behold, I will destroy them with the earth. We don't want to provoke God to jealousy that he, sent, he looks down on us, man, and see we're just like we were in the days of Sodom and Gomorrah, riotous living, giving in marriage, partying, doing all these things, no time for God, looting, rioting, protesting, you know, chasing all these different movements, getting caught up in all this worldly stuff. And forget about God. And God said, look, you're provoking me to be angry. Because you're trusting man, you're not trusting me. You can't serve two masters. Least it be like it was in the day of Sodom and Gomorrah. So that's what he's saying. You know, he had three sons. And he didn't make sure he, he'd be the right example for them, that he trained them up in the way they should go. He was a preacher, preaching the gospel while all this stuff was going on around him. But he did what God told him to do. There was a man in the land of us whose name was Job, and one of those other men, and that man was perfect and upright, and one that feared God and eschewed evil. He was against evil. And the Lord said unto Satan, Hast thou considered my servant Job, that there is none like him in the earth, a perfect man and an upright man, one that feareth God and eschewed evil? So Job had sons and daughters. Now you have to remember. They went out through their man partying, Job praying for him, and guess what? Every one of those sons died. Every one of those daughters died. But God had told Satan, have you tried my servant Job? I'm here to tell you, Father, if you don't do right now, you might lose him, and then it's on you. You got to answer to God. But I thank God for Job. Job did not doubt God, even though his friends turned on him, but the Bible said Job prayed for those old friends who tried to tell him, you done did something wrong, Job. Sometimes you're not that. My dad, man, was a farmer. He didn't have a farm education. So when he left my mom to raise us, it was because he was seeking employment. It wasn't because he was going out there in the world. No, it was hard back then, hard. But he had instilled enough in us, man, that I never hated my father. He was my biological father, and he stayed in my life. But being a farmer back in those days, man, it just, just wasn't a lot of work to be done when we moved to the city but he was still in my life, amen. And so here Job is, man, lost everything. Wife told him to curse God and die, but Job said, no, 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 I've done nothing wrong. Come on, Father, when you've done the best you can do, remember, if you fall short, turn to God. Trust God. Don't have an ear for all that people telling you out there, man, just leave, man, just do this. No, hang in there and be a father. There where the blessing comes. Those boys need to be trained, those daughters need to be trained. They need to see the example. When they get ready to choose a mate, they see the same thing in their father, those godly attributes, those godly characteristics, you know. 
Job hung in there, man. And God restored Job, gave him twice what he had, gave him more sons and daughters, you know. Gave him double for his trouble. The book of Job, chapter 2, verse 3, King James Bible says this, And the Lord said unto Satan, Hast thou considered my servant Job, that there is none like him in the earth, a perfect man and an upright man, one that fears God and eschews evil, and still he holds his fast in his integrity. I remember what Tony just told us about that integrity. Although thou movest me against him to destroy him without cause. Hang in there, Father. Do the best you can. You know, book of Daniel, chapter 6, verse 4 through 5, verse 22, the King James Bible says this. Then the president and princes sought to find occasion against Daniel concerning the kingdom, but they could find none occasion nor fault. For as much as he was faithful, neither was there any error of fault found in him. Come on, Father, we got to get this thing together. Then said these men, we shall not find any occasion against Daniel except we find it in him concerning the law of God. Train them up. You can't make excuses in the way that they should go when they get old. That's a commandment. That's instruction. They will not depart from it. He says, my God, you know, he goes on to say here, my God has sent his angel and has shut the lion's mouth that they have not hurt me for as much as before him innocent was found in me and also before me O king i have done no hurt don't take it out on the children you know, they didn't do it you brought them here take care of them if these men had not raised their sons and daughters up in the dedic and dedicated them to the lord early on in life no amount of their intercessory prayers was going to deliver them from the consequences of their untrained uninformed and unlearned behavior we should love Hannah's approach. She didn't argue with her husband. She went to God in prayer before the arrival of their son, the powerful prophet by the name of Samuel. Amen. And it goes on to say here, he that spareth his rod hateth his son, but he that loveth chasteneth him be time. The book of Proverbs chapter 13, verse 24, the King James Bible. Chasten thy son while there is hope. And let not thy soul spare for his crying. Book of Proverbs chapter 19, verse 18, King James Bible. Apply thine heart into instruction and thine ears to the words of knowledge. Withhold not correction from the child. For if thou beateth him with the rod, that's not just physically, y'all. You got to sit him down to that rod of instruction. Goes along with that punishment. In other words, example. Here's why I'm spanking you, or here's why I'm punishing you, or here's why I'm using this level of punishment. Don't do it when you're angry, but don't spare it either. He shall not die. Thou shalt beat him with the rod, and shalt deliver him or his soul from hell. My son, if thine heart be wise, my heart shall rejoice, even mine, says the Lord. That's the book of Proverbs, chapter 23, verse 12 to 15 of King James Bible. The rod and reproof gives wisdom, but a child left to himself. There it is right there now. A child left to himself bringing his mother to shame. Imagine what it does to the father. Correct thy son, and he shall give thee rest. Yea, he shall give delight unto thy soul. Where there is no vision, father, for the family. Just minister this to a young man of the morning on the prayer call. The people perish. He that keepeth the law, happy is he. What law? 
Proverbs, the book of Proverbs, chapter 22, verse 6. Train up a child the way you go when they get old, they will not depart from it. That's the book of Proverbs 29, chapter 15, verse 7 to 18 of King James Bible. Again, Father, all our children are precious gifts from God and are to be treated as such. Every good and perfect gift is from above and cometh down from the Father of lights, with whom is no variableness, neither shadow of turning of his own will beget he us with the word of truth, that integrity, that we should be a kind of first fruits of his creatures. Wherefore, my beloved brethren, let every man be swift to hear, slow to speak, slow to wrath, for the wrath of man worketh not the righteousness of God. Don't beat the daylights out them children in anger. It's not working the righteousness of God. Wherefore, lay aside all filthy and superfluity of naughtiness. Don't do it, just get caught up in it because, you know, I used to think, well, that's how I was raised. So, you know, maybe it worked for, for uh, work in this generation like it worked. Not necessarily. Different generation. You'll go to jail now, maybe pull some of that stuff that some of our parents did, you know. And receive with meekness the engrafted word of God. Let it instruct us how to train and raise them in the admonition of the Lord, which is able to save your souls. Alice gave us some good instructions out of the book of Deuteronomy, chapter 4, chapter 6. But keep that word before them and sit down with them, go over with them, talk to them about it, you know. But be ye doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving your own self. For if any be a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like unto a man beholding his natural face in a glass, for he beholdeth himself and goeth his way and straightway forgetteth what manner of man he was. I ain't forgot how I was raised. You know, I ain't gonna do all the things that was done to me when I was raised to my children because my parents took me forth. They can take me. They couldn't take me where they never been. They gave me everything they learned. They couldn't give me what they never learned. And they, you know, they, you know, they did everything they could. That was as much as they could do. Rest was on me. Amen. But they gave me enough. But whosoever looketh into the perfect law of liberty and continue therein, he being a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work, this man shall be blessed in his deeds, not only him, but also his seed and seed seed. If any man among you seem to be religious and biteth not his tongue, but deceiveth his own heart, this man's religion is vain. Pure religion and undefiled before God and the Father is this, to visit the fathers and widows their afflictions and to help and to keep himself unspotted with the world to visit the fathers to visit the fathers we have many many fathers sons and daughters out here in this world and we have to make room for them we have to teach and tell them that hey god is the father of the fathers and if you and if you've lost that relationship your father's deceased you feel like in this world all alone don't just turn anywhere it says god and the father is this you know, to visit the Father. You can always turn to God. He's standing by. He is standing by. That word train that we saw in that scripture, it means to dedicate. That's a Hebrew word, and it means to dedicate. Over there in the book of Proverbs, chapter 22, verse 6, it means to dedicate those children sooner they are born. You know, you know if, you, if you wanted to give them a chance to make it in this life right away, it should be one of the first steps to training them is a plan, husband and wife, we're gonna dedicate them to the Lord at the most appropriate time. Amen. Well, if you're out there, hopefully for all the lost fathers out there, uh, the backslidden fathers out there, the prodigal fathers out there, sons, you know, grandsons, uh, 
the day is a day of salvation unto the Lord for you because you've kind of heard uh, a variety of lessons, a variety of instructions uh, of how God looked at this situation when it comes down to his fathers. Pastor Eric took us all the way back to Genesis. Uh, Tony gave a perspective, Alex gave a perspective, even Carter gave a perspective on his grandfather, deceased grandfather, and his, his, his living uh, grandfather and his father. Uh, Eric Matthew gave a perspective in prayer. Pastor Eric gave a perspective of his earthly father and his heavenly father. Quinn gave a perspective, Siobhan gave a perspective. So you've heard of a variety of perspectives today. And all of us understand, none of this could be possible unless we turn to our Father, our Heavenly Father, and seek His help. You know, turn to Him, who is a very present help, as we learned in the book of Psalms, chapter 46, verse 1. He is a very present help in the time of trouble. These are troubled times. We don't need more teachers teaching us how to be, you know, uh, successful in this world. We need fathers right now that are loving and caring, imitators of Christ, you know, and the only way that can be is the fathers that we're looking to have to have a relationship with Jesus Christ. We saw all these powerful men, and then we got to pass that on to the next generation. We start by training our children up in the way they should go. If you, if you, if you want to see them with the pants up, if you want to see them respecting themselves, it has to start early, you know, early. When they're here, they wean. Get them to, get them to the service of the Lord as quick as you can. Dedicate them. That's what the word train means, okay? Dedicate them. You want them to do a certain thing, role model it, be the example yourself. Let them see it in you. And I guarantee you, you know, it'll work. It'll work because God is going to honor his word. He's going to honor his instruction. He's going to honor what he told you to do when you do. And so, you know, if you don't know the Lord Jesus Christ for all those fathers that are lost out there, uh, all those backslidden fathers that are out there, all those prodigal fathers and sons and daughters that have left the father's love that are out there, immature fathers, mature fathers, it doesn't matter. If you're falling short, you, know, you, can, you can be in the church, it doesn't matter. But if, if you're not taking care of business at home, you know, you could be on the deacon board, you could be wearing a, a cloak, you could be have a title, it doesn't matter. If you're not training those children up at home the way they should be trained up, it's no way that they're gonna be able to stay with don't push them off over there to the youth minister. Don't push them off over there to the praise team. You be the example. You be the role model. You take the responsibility and train them up. But when they get old, they want to depart from it. So we want to just, you know, offer you today, man, turn back to God right now. All you have to do is you heard Pastor Eric say, confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus Christ, believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead. If you're in their elect and your duties and responsibilities to rate them and train them, that means you're living in sin. You're falling short. And the sin you're committing is not against us, not against your pastor. Not against the world, it's against God. He gave you those precious gifts. And he required that responsibility. Word and deed, you know, physically and spiritually. Biological children, adopted children, stepchildren, all they require responsibility to be trained. So if you're in that category right now, just ask God to forgive you. Ask God to turn your heart back towards your sons and daughters. Ask God to turn their hearts back towards you and mothers, your daughters and, 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 and sons and vice versa. Scripture says that's what he wanted to do in the last days. But you have to repent. Ask God to forgive you. If you fell short, if any of this is spoken to you today, you can fix this. You got time. You're still breathing. Hopefully they're still breathing. Don't wait till it's too late. Do it now. Turn to him now. Ask him for help now. He is a father to the fatherless. But you got to turn to him now. He will help your fathers. He helped me. I had to turn to him. He's helped my sons. And he wants to help others too. He's helped my son-in-law, he helped his son, my grandsons. 
He's still available today now. So if you really want a happy Father's Day, let this be the day today that you cry out to him and ask him for his help. And I'm here to tell you, Psalm, the book of Psalm, chapter 46, verse 1, he's a very present help in the time of trouble. And these are troubled times for families. We talk to fathers, many teachers outside the home teaching our kids. Not the same as a father. He wants that father to be in place. Not many fathers. Book of 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 15. We need our fathers. God, we ask you to restore those fathers. We ask you to, 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 to rescue them. We ask you to help them today to find their identity, Lord God. We ask you today, God, to convict their very hearts, their very spirits right now. And, 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 and open their eyes, God, that even right now, they can see the error of their ways and they can come to their right mind and senses. And God, they'll go back and try to renew. I was 19 years, Lord God, uh, not in my son's life, my middle son. But God, you restored that because I prayed to you and I asked you to restore that relationship. And you did it, Father. Now we have a beautiful relationship. And so, Father, we just thank you right now because you've proven and demonstrated to us what you can do. You have the power to do it. You are that very present. And so we look to you today and intercede and stand in the gap on the behalf of all those fathers out there that are lost right now, that are backslidden, that are struggling right now. Whatever the case might be, even those, Lord God, whose fathers and mothers are deceased, we believe that you can be a father to the father. We believe, God, you can fill every board and every gap right now with your love as a father, a loving, caring father, a good, good father. And so we're praying for it right now in the name of Jesus. We lift up every father out there right now, and we thank you for restoring them, rescuing them, putting them back, Lord God, in that place of leadership that they'll accept that responsibility. And God, they'll fulfill that God-given purpose. You, know, you gave them them precious gifts. And God, I pray that they treat them as precious gifts from the Lord. We thank you for it right now because we're producing future fathers, sons and daughters now, but God, they're gonna go on to become parents. And we wanna give them every opportunity, every chance to succeed in life by dedicating them to you right now, all that have not been dedicated to you. We pray that they be dedicated to you right now in the name of Jesus for the service of the Lord. As Hannah dedicated Samuel, he went on to be an awesome man of God. We thank and praise you right now. In Jesus' precious name, amen. All right then. Praise the Lord, praise the Lord, praise the Lord. Well, you've heard my Father's Day spiel. We turn it back over to our very own Brother Quentin for closing remarks, amen.